Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast, and <laughs> it has been a big week in gaming. I'm into God for episode 32 on Sunday, the 21st of February, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official Xbox Hall of Famer, number one challenger to the throne of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinney. Hello. And Mike, the arrogant, the ignorant... The, I'm not going to read what he changed in the, the run sheet, the smug, <laughs> but we love him for it, Mike. Hi. <laughs> I wish I could show what you wrote, actually. No, no, we're trying to keep this clean. <laughs> uh, in this week's show, we'll be discussing all the huge news from the massive Nintendo Direct, the highlights from BlizzCon, which I think is just wrapped up or wrapping up right now as we record, uh, and Xbox game streaming finally hitting iOS and web browsers. And now I'm going to do an instant correction here on Swinney. He keeps on writing iOS in all capitals. It's small i, O-S, Swinney. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's what I do best. Second, second correction. I am going to correct every... So many podcasts are doing this and it's, it bugs me. And especially Australian podcasts for some reason... We're not going to cover it in this show, but there's news around um, Last of Us and the casting of the characters from Last of Us. And everyone's saying, uh, what are they saying? It's H, H, no, HBO? It's HBO. 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 H. H is not a letter. HBO. H H is a letter. H is not a letter. So I'm just putting a correction out there. Okay. Hey, hang on, can I, can Wait, I you're put correcting it? other podcasts now. Yes, because He's it's correcting so, everyone. Dude, people do not oh. know the English language. They're not and saying... Apparently, I'm the smug one. And I think... Yeah, I know. This is really endearing me. Um, <laughs> apparently, Australia is really bad with not knowing that it's the letter H, not H. And uh, finally... Are you going to correct... Wait, wait, first of all, before you alienate the whole audience, can you, can you say Sudoku? No. Um... <laughs> Sudoku. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, finally, I just wanted to let everyone know, it'll be reflected in the episode, uh, but if you've been listening to the show for the while, for a while, we are changing our policy, due to Mike, let's be real, um, on explicit language, swear words in the podcast. We are going to allow them, <gasps> a subset of them. Yes. Not 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 some other some of the other words, but, you know, and not... not yeah insane amount but just just so you know we're not going to talk about it again but if you are listening with kids you've got to sort of understand that and use your discretion yep. but you know now i'm not going to swear because now i'm allowed to swear so i'm not going to swear <laughs> probably it's the old probably. homer simpson chain up the trampoline thing you know <laughs> so Sweeney, it's been a big week in gaming uh how's your week been um look yeah it has for once been a huge week no in not for once. that's it's, it's a this, big week this week, week. This week, it's huge week in gaming. It's not just a big week. It's a huge week. Um, so much so that we don't even have a special feature this week because we're like, there's just too much to cover. Which we is, don't want to be here for four hours. Which is so. crazy, right? Because like all 31 episodes prior, we had a special feature on something. I know. Part of me is like, I just don't want to break that streak. Mm. But, uh, you know, like some of, those, some of those features, we can go on for like half an hour. So we're just like... And it'll be show with, trivia. It'll be show trivia in the future. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, in terms of this week, look, um, 
I've uh, I've been playing quite a few games as you know surprise surprise that never happens each week. <laughs> um, I was playing uh, Monochrome Order, a game that I started about a year and a half ago and finally picked up and completed, and that was that means that I've now completed every Chemco RPG on the Xbox uh, platform. How do you feel? So I feel like a uh, relief. Uh, I feel like a complete man now. <laughs> Nice. He was, was going to say, I feel like an effing legend or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear, I felt it that you were about to say something like that. Check uh, out the big the kahunas on this guy. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I don't know, should I give an acceptance speech or something for like yes. being, for now being completed? I think it was well, 29, I think it is, 29 Kimco games. That's um, good. you got to do a tier list. Well, oh yeah, it's the only thing is as soon as it hits the 4th of March, another one comes out, so no. No, but you should do it as a rolling feature, you like updating the tier list, it'd be funny. Oh man, the Chemco tier list would be awesome because it just had the biggest trash tier of any tiers. <laughs> How many trash tiers would you have? I'd probably put a... a 25. Good, I'd probably good a, put a good 12 or 13 in trash tier. Wow. Easy. Well, you need that levels like of trash. You need more time than well one spent. trash tier. Yeah. They said trash S tier, trash eight, <laughs> trash plus. Um, I've also trash trash tier. I've also been playing. Uh, so the other games, I've been playing a game called Age of Mages, The Last Keeper. That's a terrible like, name, by the way. It is. It is a terrible. Is he like name. A, a magical soccer player or something? What is he? Age, last keeper. The last keeper. I don't know. Like it's just it's like a little twin stick action RPG. And oh, they can be fun though. Honestly, it's not bad, but yeah. I was looking up information about this game, and there's always this worry whenever you can't find an official or like an actual Wikipedia oh, page yeah, 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 yeah. for a game. You're like, huh, what kind of game this is? And I play a lot of obscure games, not like your itch.io kind of level of obscure, mm. but indie games that have just been, you know, put on um self-published on on xbox and stuff like that and yeah there's not much information out about this but it's it's got this super annoying part and i'm stuck at the moment where you come up to a boss and it's a twin stick shooter basically so you know move around with left stick and you aim and shoot with the right stick and the boss has got like about seven enemies around him and as soon as it starts after a few seconds he flips the whole screen and all your controls are reversed wow which (laughs) sick everyone's like okay reverse controls that's common in a lot of games mm. it's a twin stick shooter so you have to reverse both sticks that's cool though <laughs> it's oh, so, so it's, like everything's reversed like yeah direction throws, and aim exactly and it throws you off and then after about 10 seconds he flips it again and he keeps flipping back and forth and it's a twin ah. stick shooter trying to like oh man i just can't do it and you die in about four hits if you get could, cornered Swinney, so. could you like just pause the game and then flip yeah. your controller upside down <laughs> I don't know, I'll try it. Could you go to the menu and invert the controls? <laughs> You'd be doing that every 10 seconds. Yeah, um, what an insult to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Just invert uh, also, your controls. It's like a boss difficulty. I also started a game called Vambrace Cold Soul. Um, predominantly because it's also it's on the list of leaving game pass at the mm. end of the month. Um, but it's a game I've been interested in for a while. It's very much... a darkest dungeon style game like you look at if you compare screenshots in them both um it looks like it's almost a ripoff in many ways but it's it seems pretty cool it's got a really cool art style and the last game i've put quite a bit of time in this week is assassin's creed 3 mm. so it's i feel like 
I'm constantly fighting against that game's systems. Like, I want to love that game, and it's just like, no, there's this part of the game must annoy you. You know, you must forever be annoyed by this so you can't enjoy the game. Wow, sounds like most of my relationships. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so... They have so many menus. So you've got... You can change between different weapons, different abilities, and different tools. And they've each got their own separate, like, wheel to select them from. And then you've got another quick menu. So just jump into this game. As someone who's played every one of them, it's you shouldn't be confused by how to control or select stuff in Assassin's Creed game if you've played every single one of them. Like, it's... it's there's a reason why this was low on my tier list. Mm. Sounds like you get you had a huge week of frustration this week more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, like Monochrome Order was good fun to complete. That's that's a nice little RPG. But uh, yeah, yeah, Assassin's Creed Three. I mean, the reason why I'm playing it is because I'm playing the remastered version towards my New Year's resolution. So talking about New Year's resolution, how are you going with that, Mike? Pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Contrary to what you guys think, I think I'm going pretty well. I haven't. In fairness, it's more how I think about it than it's, how it's how you it. think about it. That's right. Swinny's been backing me up. So, in case anyone's wondering, I've been given shit about the fact that I bought the Xbox Series X and the Switch, even though, even though and my games, news... and games, no, no, no games with those. I traded games and I got no, rid of Soul games to get them. No, that that was like three weeks ago or something. La Noir, uh, didn't you get? Hang on, we have to play that. <laughs> but you were giving me shit about the two consoles, even though the consoles, first of all, were not games. My my news resolutions were specifically around playing games, <laughs> not consoles. So I could get as many consoles as I want, technically. But I, they were both upgrades. So net gain zero. I still just have a better version of a console I had before. This is like a technicality, so, like an alcoholic who's like, you know, I'm just drinking beers all the time. And then he says to his missus, ah, oh, I'll, I'll get off the beers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, love. And then starts drinking wine every night. Like buying a, a Xbox Series <laughs> X and a Switch when you already have two other Switches as a single person. No, but I got rid of the Switch. I didn't buy yeah, them. But you on already top had of. it. You already had it, right? Yeah, but the you literally was already starting have to two screw switches. up. Yeah, but the battery was screwing up. But that is not and, consistent and with the idea of well, trying no, it is. to like go, it's hey, ex- it's extremely I consistent. Less. I need to buy less. It's it's consistent <laughs> if I trade something for something else. Like say I had a really, I don't know, run down broken car that was costing me a lot of money to fix. And I trade it in for a newer car. That's still fine. Would you, That's acceptable. So, That's all right. So this is this is a really big week, right? So I'm not even going to spend much time in my yeah, let's not, intro a bit. But let's not are you that. up for next week rewriting your goals? Keeping no. them to be the same goals, but just mm-hmm. making them clearer. Like what the rules No, I'm not are. doing your stupid smart goals. This isn't a second job. <laughs> I'm not. I refuse to do a job away from my job. I was waiting for it. Look, it, it, I know what you're trying to do with this. I'm not done. All right. Well, we'll have to go to an audience vote. We'll have to like tally all the things uh. you've done this year. And all the things you've bought, and then say, "Is this Mike buying less games and playing less games?" I so, still, I'm still adamant that the fact that he got rid of games oh, as part of the trading means yeah. he has less. He has less objects. Like Fifteen games or something in total. It's buy less games. Yeah. It's not sell more games. <laughs> but I haven't have, bought any. It's not like okay. Wait, less games actually, I did, I'll talk about it in a sec because I did buy two games, and I'll talk about them in a sec. <laughs> But but hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, I didn't say I'm not going to buy any games. I'm just buying less games. It's going to be it, difficult because anytime Mike says he's bought a game every week. I know. I'm going to cop shit be... for it. <laughs> um, but, but again, 
I should, if you want the smart goals put in there, it's all relative because prior to this, I, I probably would have been buying, I'm totally guesstimating here, but it would have been at least 10 games a month, at least. Sure. I reckon it, probably on average would have been way more than 10 games, but let's just put it down to 10. Whereas now, it's probably like maybe two games a month. Yeah, but that, that make that the Maybe goal. that. I will not buy more than two games a month. No, but uh, the goal is less. <laughs> That's why it's a bad. I don't want to limit it to goal. two because then, like, there's a really good deal or something, and I'm like, oh man, I really want to play the so, game, but it's my third game. So, Mark, I don't not to, limit to myself. not to put so, you too much on the spot, but mm-hmm. how many have you bought this year so far, off the top of your head? Oh, this year so far, maybe. <laughs> I recall so many. Five. Okay, maybe. so you're not traveling too well, but you're getting five. closer. Yeah. You're getting closer. <laughs> Not, well, five is closer. way better. I mean, it's nearly two months gone. Five is a lot and of games. That's a quarter of what I said I would normally buy. So it's still it's a, it's a stark reduction. See, I like to think. I will say that what you normally buy would have been really helpful for the. I should have done that. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying with the goal. You're gonna I make know. it really yep. specific. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> so you are agreeing anyway, with me deep down. So I'm agreeing that it would have made it easier to quantify that. Yes, but, which is the point of a goal. <laughs> but I, this is gaming, not work. <laughs> I'm not trying to make this into a work thing again. <laughs> so what I have been playing, though, predominantly, are two games that I've had for a while. So I didn't buy new games and play new games. So I had another crack at Demon Souls, mm. um, this time going for more of a melee build. And it's really fascinating. Either I'm just more used to the game or because I was playing Dark Souls um, a bunch of times i got to where i was with my previous character and i'm guesstimating about a fifth of the time mm. so i don't know if it's necessarily because the it's it's easier with a melee build in that game maybe uh or, or or whatever the case may be but i thought that was pretty cool like way way, way quicker to get through that um and i have been playing oh oh Actually, speaking of which, I'm currently, I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but I am in an area that, let's just say it makes Blighttown look like a freaking Zen garden. This area is so crap and annoying and bleak and dark and ugh. It almost made me want to put the game away. I totally forgot that area actually existed from the original game. It's almost like it's defiling you. Almost. I didn't realize that you played the original game. Yeah, I played the original game, yeah. I played it after I played Dark Souls. I think oh, it was okay. Dark Souls, Demon Souls. I had it when around the time it came out or something, and I just never. I kind of started it, and I'm like, "Oh man, this game's hard." And mm. I was playing some other games, and then I went back into it after I had played Dark Souls, and I was like, "Man, this game's amazing, it's so good." Yeah, it's a pretty shocking game at the time it came out because it might have been the period of time where games were the easiest. You know, everything was sort of. Probably on actually, yeah, and like not very challenging and things like that. It was a big criticism that I had a, of gaming at the time, but that game is like, yeah, massive outlier. It was a reaction almost to that huge outlier. I mean, yeah. look, it's, the game is a heck of a lot easier now. I I only died maybe like three or four times so far in the game. Really, Jeez. properly, okay. maybe five in total, like properly, if I think about it. But I had to kill myself so many times because of that annoying mechanic where if you kill a boss. Uh, you get your, you get, well, humanity. every time you're in human four, you the basically get your humanity back. Yeah. If you die while you're in human form, it screws with your world tendency. And then you can't get pure white for certain events. Yeah. So you have to go back to the Nexus, kill yourself, get back to non-human form, soul form, and then go do it again. And that's like, I feel like it's one mechanic that 
I see what what they were trying to do with it, but thankfully they changed it in, in you know future games like Dark Souls. Yeah, well, one, they never two, did three. it again. In any, they never did it again. Game. It just didn't really work. I, yeah. I, it was a cool, cool sort of concept, but I think they could have kept the concept somehow and just done something else with it. Anyway, well, you also have to uh, trigger the total darkness and total white, or total black and total white to get certain events. Exactly, yeah. So you have to get all the way to yeah, the max crazy. to get them. There's not it's even crazy. anything in between, which is really annoying. Yeah. Um, and it's also annoying because you have to go revisit it. I mean, it's not too bad just, just to check it out, but you got to go revisit an area because that event could be very early on in that particular mm. land. Um, and you have to basically go back after you finish the entire full area to, to trigger some of those events. Um, anyway, the other thing I've been playing, which is a stark contrast, is Mario Odyssey. Mm. And that's been super cool. Uh, really, really been digging it. Again, I had the game for ages, just never got into it. Is that, is that uh, after the Bowser's Fury thing that I mentioned? Yeah, it was after the whole, you know, I should get more get more into playing some of those Nintendo games. I knew, I know they're great games and everything. I just mm. always kind of put them in, in my backlog and never get around to it. Yeah, um, I, did, I did give you some crap, the fact that we came up with our nominees for a game of some other year 2011. That includes a Mario game that you have not played and you start mm. a completely separate Mario. <laughs> Which one? What what Mario game is in our game? Oh, that one. Yeah, because I don't I don't have a copy of that Ooh. yet. I need I need to find a copy of that. It's I gonna know. be hard to find a copy of that. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm just I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, we'll we'll, we uh, we'll advise. Life. We'll advise. Because speaking of, I did. So actually, first of all, I was just gonna quickly mention. I don't. Besides you, Intergod, and anyone who's now going to watch us on YouTube, I did. Get a bit of a haircut, as you guys can see. Mm, My long, exciting. long Dave Grohl frocks no, gone. You, you kind of look like uh, Lloyd from <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. In that I angle. do actually look like it because it's going straight down. <laughs> I just need like uh, I should like put a. I don't have you anything to cover my teeth up. You literally look like Lloyd from <laughs> Dumb and Dumber there for a second because <laughs> it just looks so, like such uh, a flat cut. <laughs> see, so you yeah. still look like Dave Grohl, but you look like uh, closer okay. to like Monkey Wrench Dave Grohl. Yeah, yes. or like Learn to yes. Fly yeah, when he was yeah. in that. Yeah, something like that. Um, no, I was just I was just minding my own business. I was sitting there doing my assignment on my computer when all of a sudden I hear the Jaws theme playing. Are we allowed to to sing the Jaws it's theme, fine. or are we going to get some sort of a Run DMC? We're not. Notice from Run, run TMCA from Universal yeah, Pictures. I'm writing that one down. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> no, no, so, we're not on Twitch. We're not on Twitch. So. All right, good. Because you heard with yeah. Twitch that they uh, they changed the music for Metallica, even though it was like they were able to use it, and they put 8-bit uh-huh. music over the top of Metallica on Twitch. Was it 8-bit music? I didn't actually hear what it was. I saw the other name. It it's crazy what they did. It's, it's, like, it's a total mess at Twitch at the moment with music. All right, Mike, let's get on with it. Mike is trying to even get closer to Lloyd Christmas at the moment in the video feed. Piece. Yeah, so uh, so I reckon that's kind of it. Oh, and I did I did Biolin Noir, of course. Um, just as a warning, I think this is important. It's a warning for anyone who ends up buying this game that ha- that they haven't already. When Intergod said that the game runs at 30 FPS, even the remastered version, I had foolishly <laughs> assumed it was just on consoles. <sighs> I would have that said consoles, right? Well, mm, I know it's not necessarily implied, but there's very, very few games that I can think of that are locked to 30 on PC. 
In fact, I can't think of any other game right now. Dark I know they Souls probably one. exist. Yeah, Dark Souls one. <laughs> oh yeah, if you had the Dark Souls one, but not, but yeah, die. but not the remastered, right? The remastered no, version no. sixty. And I thought, hey, this is remastered. They probably did sixty. Nope, nope. Even on a twenty seventy, you're stuck with thirty, and it looks like garbage on PC for some reason. Well, I, ended I think up it's getting jarring. It on, I think it's jarring. It's extremely PC. jarring, but it's doubly jarring. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's to do with my. 120 hertz refresh rate on the monitor and something's out of sync with the 30 i don't know what it is doesn't matter but i ended up getting it on playstation 4 i only sort of put it in tried the first case heaps better on ps4 it's still you know jarring compared to 60 but it's way more than playable it's Mm. it's it's really good so i'll probably end up playing it on that yeah for me i picked up the la noir i was playing on ps3 actually and then i i was able to get a really good deal to pick it up on switch um, uh-huh. And I like I know that Sweeney would disagree, but I I think it's the best platform for it, just because it kind of does run like trash anyway. And honestly, I barely can tell the difference between the PS3 version and the Switch version. They really do seem like the same version. If I if I was to be tested, um, and I know this is sacrilegious to say this, but I I much much prefer the setting of La Noir as a Rockstar game than the GTA games. For me. And I don't want to get into this discussion, but we will one day. Yeah, the GTA me, games, I just do not like the humor. I find it's like so, it's just lame to me. It's like mainstream ironic humor. It's just you, would like, probably, you would probably like the Mafia games then. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. I think so. Or like Bully they and stuff good. like that. Yeah. Oh, well, Bull, I mean, Bully's very rock star humor. So. Yeah, but at least it's like in a more fan, like fan, yeah, fantasy. Yeah, fantasy like, kinda... you, you know what I mean? It's got that kind yeah, of element yeah, where yeah. it's like, it's literally like taking the piss Bully, totally. Bully's such a weird <clears throat> game. It's cool, but so weird. Like, it's, you can tell that it was like a previous generation of, game. Of its time as well. Imagine yeah. if it were released today. That'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> but it's hard for something like GTA that, that is meant to be set in a real world context but still be really, really fun to play to find that balance for, for some people. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. meant to be a realistic kind of game, but a realistic games would probably be really freaking boring. If yeah, look, it's just a tone thing play. and it's just a personality or like, you know, like a lot of people like mm. Big Bang Theory, right? Like that's super popular. That You show. don't like it? No, I hate it with a passion. Yeah, same. Right? So like, weird. I don't know you know, why. a lot of people like that stuff and I kind of like put it in the same way. Hey, we just lost another subscriber. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't care. And then um, I, I just as you were chatting about Mario Odyssey, so I actually mm-hmm. didn't know this. I heard this from someone else that if you go back into uh, Bowser's Fury, if you've mm-hmm. un- 100%ed it, there's a bit of an Easter egg in it. So just anyone who's beaten it and then just... Because I beat it and then I'm like, okay, cool, I'm done with that. I started playing a bit of 3D World, which is such an awesome game, by the way. Um, but yeah, and then I heard this, went back to Bowser's Fury and I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty cute. Like that's pretty nifty what they've done in it. So I don't want to ruin it obviously or spoil it, but check it out if you've hundred percented it. Uh, and then finally, and I wish I had more time, but this is just such a busy episode. I was able to play for quite a long time, the Oculus Quest 2. (gasps) <gasps> nice. nice and uh, where did you end up getting it from again i didn't no dude i'll never buy that thing ever um What'd you get your hands on it uh, so your... my wife's dad who it's That's funny right. he's like a kid at heart his drones and everything nice he's like a literal kid at heart he's like oh look at this this vr thing i'm like yeah it's a quest too they're gonna steal all your facebook details he's like, i don't care and he buys it. <laughs> and I, dude, I have to say, it's so freaking cool. Like, I was like, wow, this thing is so, so cool. 
but I did offend one of my good mates um, outside of this chat who he's super, he's the most into VR out of anyone I know. And I'm like, the way that I would say it is, to me, I had the same feeling as when I first played the Wii, where it's like, wow, this is crazy. This is like such a weird, different thing. Like you're doing bowling and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of wonder if it is a bit similar to that, where it's like a bit gimmicky and a bit like, oh yeah, it's so cool, but it doesn't change my world or anything like that. And just the muck around to set things up, it's like, oh my God, like do this, do that get into this, adjust the headset, adjust the eyepieces. I don't know. It's just so annoying from that perspective. But it's really, really cool. I really had a lot of fun. And I'll this week be able to set up Half-Life Alex. So Nice. If you're going to play it, I might chuck it on as well. Then. I don't really have time to play it. This is the struggle That's that the I problem. have. Yeah, yeah, I know. Same. But I just want to see if it's working and if just boot it up a little bit and play around with it. And then, yeah. I, like with, with my wife's dad, he'll get bored of it eventually. So probably be at my house for a weekend or whatever and i'll try to get through alex in a month or two um but yeah i'll I'll give you mike i know you're a big proponent of vr but it was very freaking cool you know the number one thing Uh that i was super impressed (laughs) with it was the Mm. hands in the game like Mm. when i'm like actually like moving my hands i was like wow it's like it really doesn't feel like there's latency it's it's crazy and the actual ability to to Accurately, yeah, it's a bit clunky. Get the angle right, really. Oh, I no, no, no. the angle that I was the doing, the angle is just so yeah. perfect. No, I'm uh, sorry, I it's thought you were gonna cool. say I jumped ahead. Sorry, I, I was guessing what you were gonna say. You know, like the putting my index finger out, grabbing things like that. Mm. You know, you get used to it, but it still feels a bit like like a bit of a reality breaker. But the, yeah. the angle of the hands and the like the distance and everything that actually super blew me away. I was like. You know, very rarely I, I see things that I go, how do they do this? Like, this is like magic. Like, it really it is witchcraft. It's incredible. Yeah. Oh, and I, I wish I could show you the video, but oh, maybe I can send it through. I don't have all of them, but my wife who gets really into things, mm-hmm. she was like on, like she was playing it. She was getting so into it, smashing things, like everything. <laughs> and then she uh, did awesome. the roller coaster, like, you know, app or game or whatever uh-huh. you want to call it. And I, I said to, you know, her folks, I'm like, you've got to get her a chair. And I like sat behind her, ready to catch her because I know what she's like. And she's on there and she's like going to the sides, like violently to the left <laughs> and right. And then she fell Sick. off the chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she got out of it, she goes, I fell off the roller coaster. <laughs> I'm like, you're never on the roller coaster. You're on you don't chair. even make it onto the roller <laughs> coaster. You fell on the way to the roller coaster. <laughs> So yeah, no. Look, really good. and I, look, I think one day, I hopefully PS uh, PlayStation release like a PS VR and yeah, like a proper that. one because that I, works on so, PC. Then I'll be like, I'll get that if they do that. So I may have uh, as part of when I bought LA Noir. So I bought LA Noir for fifteen bucks, and then when I went to install it, it said, "Hey, there's a special you can you can unlock through the menu yeah. of LA Noir to get the VR case files." cheaper oh, okay cool and they came out to 15 or 14 dollars something 15 bucks that's rounded up and i'm like when i actually get played played for for game of some other year i will ha- have to try the vr one <laughs> as well we agreed that i'm not going to play the vr exclusively because that's not the experience that we we had back in 2011 well, you do what you want. but i'm going to play through the main game and then i thought hey it'd be really cool to also as part of that experience play that in vr and actually get my playstation headset out so that is the one other game I bought that 
<laughs> I'm ashamed to say I did, but it's for a good cause. <laughs> All right, it's it's a big show this week, so let's let's get into it. Uh, so for the first big piece of news, uh, as part of the Nintendo Direct, so the first Direct in about 18 months, um, we have Splatoon 3 that was announced. So it was the big, uh, you know, final thing in terms of the Nintendo Direct uh, based off the events of the final Splatfest. So like one thing that is happening with Splatoon is that, you know, from Splatoon 1 to Splatoon 2, the events of Splatoon 1 they actually uh, changed what happened in Splatoon 2. Uh, so, like, in, I won't spoil it for those who want to, like, experience it for the first time. And then the events of Splatoon 2, in terms of the final Splatfest, it was Chaos versus Order and Chaos 1. So that has actually impacted the way that the game works. So the game has kind of, like, got a, almost like a chaotic feel to it, uh, which I think is so cool that they're doing it like that. Um, in, in terms of, like, the reveal, I, I thought it was really, really cool. Like... You know, there was heaps of new weapons displayed, mobility options, uh, you know, just designs. I must admit, when I was watching it, um, it, it did feel like I, I, it wasn't going to be Splatoon 3. Like, it was obvious, okay, this is Splatoon, but I wasn't really clear that it was going to be Splatoon 3 at the start of, of watching it. Um, and then basically... Uh, yeah, just like, you know, just watching it through and going, okay, like, here it is. Uh, the other one that I should say is that it, it's really set in almost like a deserty uh theme and very sort of like drab colours, drab, you know, like look and feel. Um, so is that is that kind of setting, does that exist in the other games? No, not the way it's structured. Okay, because, yeah, when it opened up, it definitely did feel like, hmm, everyone knows it's Splatoon, but what is it? And I think, you know, that's a common thing from what I've seen people react to it. Mm. Um, but it like, it would still be cool, and who knows what they'll do. Um, it would be cool to for them to expand more on that single-player stuff in more of a, like, an exploration in those kind of areas. You know? I, that's something... I know that they, they've done DLCs um, where it did expand on the single-player stuff a lot more. But mm. I just think that, honestly, that would actually get me more interested in trying out Splatoon 3. Because, because the, look, the multiplayer, when when I tried it that uh, that weekend with you, Intigot... Yeah, when it, it was, was like free or something, right? Yeah, for Splatoon 2. Look, it was fun. Like, I can't deny that Splatoon 2 is was great, and I'm sure that number one was as well. But I the idea of buying, spending that amount of money on a multiplayer-only game is that I may not use all the time. Whereas if there's a good single player portion and I don't know, did single, did Splatoon 2 have a good single player stuff? Yeah. 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 So it, it's kind of weird. Cause like, you know, look like I'm the Nintendo shield on the podcast. So I'll like say it up front. Um, but for me, you know, going through Splatoon one single player, which like definitely they designed it initially as a tech demo, right? Like a, Hey, Here's like a way to get your head around the controls and everything. And then, you know, like get into the multiplayer. That's where the real game is. Like, I don't think anyone can really deny that. But having said that, I did really enjoy the single player of of Splatoon 1. And then Splatoon 2, like they really amped it up even further. Uh, It was really, really sick. Like, I I really like it a lot. Um, 
with with look, and the setting has obviously inspired this thought, but the idea of a mode that's almost like a cross between Splatoon and Borderlands actually sounds really appealing to me. Like that would be really cool. We can jump in vehicles and go across. Like the maps wouldn't Borderlands maps generally aren't massive. Some of the later ones are, but like they don't have to be huge maps or anything. But I just like that idea of because I, I love the setting of Splatoon, everything I've ever seen yeah. of it, and and everything. Um, but yeah, so I. Whereas from my understanding, so the single play portions in past games, and I'm completely ignorant of them, have they been more, you know, smaller affairs with more linear levels and stuff? Oh, yeah, they're all very linear levels, like yeah. the way it's always worked. I, I I really wonder what they're going to do with it, like whether they're going to go really hard on it or whether they're going to just, you know, kind of keep it more of the same. Like, to be perfectly frank, well, I, I actually, um, you know, the Octo... Octo expansion that they had DLC for Splatoon 2 was single player DLC. And they went pretty hard in that. And that was really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe they'll try to go hard in both directions. I mean, like this franchise has only been around for like five, six years now. It was 2015 when it came out for the Wii U. So huh. it's pretty nuts for Nintendo because they don't really do many new IP and then hmm. don't really stick to many new IP. Well, it's also this... Because if they just stick with the multiplayer stuff mainly, now I know they've always had that single player, as you said. It this to me, and this comes from not a Splatoon fan, feels like the most like iterative, like not iterative, but like you know the we talk about other franchises being oh it's the same each sequel basically, and they just expand on certain stuff. Whereas Nintendo games feel like they actually they innovate a lot more in oh, yeah, the yeah. game design. So I hope that they do actually add. You know, and it's not just additions to the multiplayer. You know, and again, this is—I'm completely ignorant of Splatoon. I, I will hundred percent. Don't say that. think that that's what's going to happen. I, you know, you know, with what you said, like that is very much a mantra at the company. It's sort of like, what can you give that's different, innovative, interesting? Otherwise, it's sort of like, what's the point? And and mm. partly the reason why they keep saying that they don't want to make another F Zero game because it's a bit like, what can we do differently here? We don't know. Um, but it doesn't really explain Mario Kart as a franchise. I was gonna, yeah, because they kind of just or Mario do the same. in general. Yeah, or Mario Party. Like they really just roll those out, and and honestly, a lot of the Mario sports games are very, very similar to each other. Like, so yeah, I, I, I'd almost put it in that bucket, like the Mario Kart bucket. Um, and I think that they're going to try to run it similar in terms of the cadence. So I think it's fine to have both, right? I think because one thing that I always um, not griped, but mentioned is is getting over the whole Star Wars IP, getting over the whole Mario IP. It's just been done to death. It's such a cash cow for these companies that it's cool when they do different things, mm. like Splatoon, for example. Um, but the reality is, even within the world of Mario, they have innovated and changed the gameplay and the games. Well, that's and exactly what, what I was do within at. them. Yeah, that's, and that's I think exactly what I was getting at. It's the only thing is I, I noticed though like I consciously noticed I'm playing I'm playing Mario and I'm like hey this is really cool but truth be told I wish it had the mechanics uh, of the game and everything else but not necessarily it being a Mario character because I am still over the whole Mario thing mm. apologies to anyone who loves Mario it's just that they could have had a brand new character in it kept exactly the same mechanics and I think I would have in some ways enjoyed it more because I'm also over the whole. Mario's trying to run after the princess because Bowser, for whatever reason, is trying to 
marry her and stuff. Like, it's such a dumb story. That but it's become like they could have done so much more with that. But they, it's so tongue in cheek though these days. Yeah, that I actually find it. It is. But I mean, what like- do you what do you want? You want like Mario has lost Luigi and he's been murdered. No, and- that's what I mean. I want <laughs> like- them to. I want them to. I don't want them anything, right? This is this is just my opinion. Who cares whether they do it or not? Um, maybe because I don't have that affinity for Mario, I would love to have seen a different character completely in a game like that. So not Mario himself, just a completely different character. And that's not, you know, discounting the fact that there are funny moments where he does, you know, him wearing shorts and shivering and yeah. certain things. I think are quite funny. But then there's also other elements where I'm like, man, I heard that I heard him making that sound. For the last, you know, twenty five years or something, I'm sort of over that Yahoo and blah blah blah. But you kind barely of thing. played those games. So I don't know how you're over. It. <laughs> no, I think I played them enough. So like, I played yeah. most of the Mario's throughout my life. Um, I, you know, I haven't played the more recent ones like World and Land and stuff like that, um, and Galaxy maybe. But some of the classics, I absolutely played all mm. the classics. I think played Yoshi's Island, played all of those games. Um, I think for me though, like Mario is a vehicle for gameplay rather mm. than. Hmm. You know, something that needs to drive a crazy story. I think that criticism is very fair of Nintendo in general, though. I think games like Zelda, like the Zelda series, I think you could fairly criticize them for, you know, have they gone hard enough with the story? Um, I probably don't think so in general. I don't think um, they have. I don't even like... It's always the same story rehashed mm. in, in Zelda as well. But I mean, like... Uh, no, not so much in Zelda. I mean... Okay, they had Ocarina of Time and stuff was a bit different. You're no, right. no, I think... And, I think I'm not saying that the stories in Zelda aren't different. They are different. I just think they could build a deeper story around a mm. Zelda game. Like, that. you know, Breath of the Wild, to me, does not have a deep story. There's no, it doesn't at all. Game, I'm like, so. okay, I gotta go kill some dude in the mm. castle or something. And in fact, Age of Calamity has a deeper story. But with Splatoon, like, Splatoon, what I love about it is, it's got, like, a really specific lore that, to me, is very actually unique to Splatoon. And that includes the music, the look and feel. Like, it's just one of those games that I feel like if someone did copy it, it'd just be so obvious. Similar to... Mm when games try to emulate a Fortnite style and people just look at it and go, oh, it's like Fortnite. Like, what are they doing? And It's, I, it's unique, yeah. I wouldn't it's like touch Fortnite it. Fortnite style and every time, and I'm definitely not a Fortnite player in any way, their style just seems like there's almost like no style to me whenever I look at it. It's weird. Oh, really? Like, no, yeah, I, think I, a, just, I think there's a definitive style, like a cartoony style that they have. Oh, yeah, but I just, every time I look at something from Fortnite, it just feels inconsistent to me. That's just my take. Mm, okay. I, I don't think you play it enough to be able to like really tell. Because it, it, to me, it's very consistent with the way that they roll these things out. Um, but I'm not the hugest fan, but I played it a bit. But yeah, look, it, it's interesting. My view, like, I love this announcement. I was hyped about it. I think I told you guys before, I hope they announced Splatoon 3. I feel like we're due for a Splatoon 3. It's, yeah, 2022's kind of, to me, was a bit of a bummer. Just because I really, you know, like they said beforehand in the direct that it's going to be games in this half of the year. That's what they said. So, yeah, maybe it would have been at the end of the year, but the fact that it's next year, so that's most likely going to be March, April, May, because that's when they've Mm. released the other games and it makes sense for that slot. Uh, But I'll be getting this day one for sure. And the biggest thing for me is I really hope that they, they fix at least the lobby system. Like it drives me nuts that I can't just go, Hey, Swinney, Mike, join my lobby, join my party. And then we can just play. And you know, they add an extra person. All they need to do is exactly what rocket league does. How rocket league handles, uh, lobbies is is perfect and they should just copy that 
Um, here, yeah, here, yeah. So I hope they I hope they do that. So I was really excited, but it felt like most people were a bit like, eh. It was like a bit of a flat note at the end of the direct. Uh, and then speaking of which, well, it was a very uh, sorry just on that because you mentioned Borderlands as well, Swinney. The bus scene brought me back to Borderlands. It just I don't know if it's a homage or you like mean a the little train scene, train bus, the transport scene. I don't remember exactly what it was now, train, yeah. but it just reminded me of of the bus on Borderlands and the whole setting being in this post apocalyptic kind of world. And it is kind of it's a downer that you know, the world that it's set in, in that sense, it's very colorful, but it's a bit of a downer. So anyway. Yeah. And, and probably another, another part of the direct where some people were happy and some people weren't was uh, the announcement that Skyward Sword is going to get a remaster in the form of Skyward Sword HD. So I was like super amped about this. Um, but yeah, it was like interesting. The reaction of a lot of people wasn't as happy. So really, Skyward wow. Sword originally released on the Wii uh, back in 2011. Uh, one thing that you needed was the Wii Motion Plus to really make full advantage of it. They had packaged version of the Wii Motion Plus. At that stage, all the Wii modes were coming out as Wii Motion Plus. And really core to the game was that motion control. So one was sword, one was shield. And generally the enemies would have a position where they would, you know, slice. So it'd be really obvious that, you know, you had to slice vertically or horizontal on a certain diagonal. Uh, But it became a huge criticism for the game. And I think you'd also need to put it in the context that the Wii came out in 2006. So at that stage, it was five years into like a motion controls. I think most people were past motion controls at that stage. They were sort of over that gimmick. Um, and I think, yeah, it really suffered for that. And then very bad um, presentation. Swinney, I think it was at an E3 where they were having connectivity issues with the Wiimote and it basically looked like you couldn't control the motion for the game. Huh. Dang Do it. you remember that, Swinney? Uh, I don't remember that specifically, but yeah, look, I'll give my thoughts when uh, when we kind of get, when you've covered the rest of it. So Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so they have, uh, you know, mapped in button mapping uh, to it. They've remastered the graphics. I was actually playing this game the other day on the Wii, and I, I really love it. I think it's really, really cool. Um, but it does need, like, a graphical upgrade. And they also announced Skyward Sword-themed Joy-Cons, which I promptly purchased, and they've sold out at most places in Australia, and I think in America they're completely hmm. sold out. And I love these Joy-Cons. I love the way that they look. Um, but yeah, Joy-Cons are really expensive and it's so annoying that they drift. So. I like the Joy-Cons. So yeah, Swinney, as, as you know, probably, you know, equal or bigger Zelda lover on the podcast, what, what were your thoughts? Look, it's it's great that they bring this game uh, to more people. Um, the, yeah, a lot of, not only, I'm excited. Not only do have a lot of people probably not played this game, but a lot of people just don't, you know, they've either gotten rid of their Wii or they're like me where it's packed away somewhere and the thought of just getting out to play one game and then go and set up the motion sensor bar and all that stuff is like, I just can't be bothered. You can play it on the Wii U as well. That's true, that's true. Um, but my Wii U is in the exact same situation. It's packed away with the sensor bar and all that. Yeah, yeah, um, So I'm very, yeah, I'm very happy for that. Um, now, when we went through a game with some other year, 2011, we did not include Skyward Sword as part of the top six. And I had it ranked as like, 
13 out of 20 for me. Mm. But don't let... The, well, I had it, just for the record, I had it in the top eight. So that's a reflection to me of the quality of the games of 2011. Not so much mm. a, a, a slight on Skyward Sword. I do like Skyward Sword. It has some great dungeons. I think the motion controls are the best thing about the game alongside how the dungeons use them. I think the motion controls are fantastic. Mm. The problem I have with Skyward Sword in general, and it's got nothing to do with the HD, is the fact that there are so many bad design choices. Like The whole start of the game, the tutorial is yeah, so yeah, yeah. drag, drags on for so long. Fee is probably the worst side companion character that Zelda's ever had and is so annoying. Yeah, yeah. And also... Zelda has had or Link has had? No, Zelda, Zelda, is, a Zelda, this Zelda is a series. Oh, Zelda right, is a okay. series. And the thing is as well is I, I bought a Wii for this game. Oh, wow. I didn't actually know that. I didn't yeah. know that. So Damn, I bought a Wii son. and, you know, so I had the Motion Plus and everything alongside that. But I remember sitting there trying to get it to look somewhat decent on my TV. You know, I know the Wii was not a HD console, but... And I just struggled. This game just looked so rough for me. And that's why I'm really happy it's getting a, a nice coat of paint because... Yeah. I, I just wish that there was a way that you could play it with the Mo- Wii Motion Plus. I really wish there was a way. Well, you got the Joy-Cons, which I don't yeah, think will be very accurate. <laughs> that's the things, And to me, the, the idea of playing it with the button, buttons, I know some people love that idea. To me, it takes away, strips away the, the coolest part of the game. Well, you played with the, well, you played with the stick, so yeah, you but that's angle not- it based on oh, angling that's the stick. that's nothing compared to the Wii I know, Motion I can imagine Plus. it's nothing, but I still think it's pretty cool. Like, I'm actually, I've never, pl- I never played the game back in the day, but I'm looking forward to this. But I think it takes oh. away what made that game special. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it Because you know, you know, Swinny, I don't know, like, this is just an odd thought that I have, and maybe it's because I just played the Quest, the Oculus Quest, but, you know, I get this weird feeling like Nintendo is going to make, like, a VR console as their next thing, post-Switch. Um, you know, you even had Furukawa, the CEO, talking about they really want to do something innovative in terms of, like, the next console. I don't think they'll just do a Switch 2 or a Super Switch for the next generation. I feel like this game is the exact game you'd want to have in VR because, you know, you've got those mm. amazing controls and mapping to the hands and everything like that. Well, it, if, it, there's two, if there's two companies that could make, you know, VR mainstream, one is Nintendo and the other is Apple. You know, uh, to, to me, you know, they're doing very different things. Very, They would have very different takes on it. But they're yeah. the two companies that I think could get VR mainstream because it is not mainstream yet. You know, no, it's been around no. for ages. Yeah, but... I think they're the two ones that could do it. But I have a feeling Apple are not going to have a mainstream. <laughs> no, not the price that they're talking about. <laughs> so, see how that goes. So, how do you think this game is going to land? Like, do you think that they're going to actually modify it? Because I agree with your criticism, Swinny. I think there's like some mechanics and design choices. As you said, you said it perfectly. There's some design choices they've made in this game which are just so frustrating for. I think the vast majority of people when they play it, do you think that they're going to like actually work to remove some of that stuff? Cause they did, they, they do touch the games up when they, they touch these Zelda games. I think they will. I think they'll, they'll, they might make it easier. May, maybe my hope is that they might reduce some of the stuff that fee does, or at least allows you to like maybe have some control over it. Cause we, and yeah, as you said, with Wind Waker, they, they made they made a lot of quality of life changes there for the HD version. Yeah. Um, just going back to the the motion controls for a second. Yeah. 
just flying in that game. I can't remember the name of the bird creature that you use, but that's such a magical experience. And that's why I just, I think people are going to just fly around. Oh, this is just like any other game if you use it on a controller. And it just came to my head when you're talking about it. I think it's just going to be such a shame for people not to experience what that game yeah, well, really and I mean, we, we we should say that there are motion controls. It's using the Joy-Con, but like the reality is, the Joy-Cons are probably at the same level as the Wii Motes, not the Wii Motion Plus that they ended up having. So it really won't work as well as the Wii Motion Plus. Um, yeah, what is it? Loft Wing, the bird. Yeah, and yeah. So you got those Joy Cons, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Why? What Can I ask why? why? I just love I... the way they look. Like, I oh, just okay, think that's incredible. that's that's exactly what I was asking because I think they look absolutely trash. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 I know. Some people have said that, which actually surprised me. But it's actually very much like the uh, red and blue switch. Like some people were just like, "This looks like the most trash switch I've ever seen." Actually, trash, I think, is harsh. Like, I wouldn't say trash. I, hey, Mike, I don't Mike, think Mike's like really loud. I mean these. I I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think they look. Like Zelda things to me, they just, they kind of I don't know. Like to me, like Zelda just has such a style to it, and these just feel a little tacky. Look a little tacky, but maybe they look better in person. I don't know. So, oh, I think I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because people are like, "Why have they chosen blue?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like that's like a fully like Zelda thing. But, I thought green yeah. was a Zelda thing. No, that's one of the colors. But like the but hang on, let me sword, ask you this. Let let me ask Hylian you this shield. for the record. Are you going to actually use them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, well, I, well, wait. Yeah, I think so. Are you or are you not? I'm 95% sure. Eh, 95% sure. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you cannot mm-hmm. criticize people for buying No, no, no. I'm not criticizing. I just, I, I'm just calling it now. I don't think he bought them <laughs> to use them. What do you think? He I bought them for? to collect them. No, 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 no. I, I, to yeah. be honest, I don't. Like I definitely collect Amiibo, but yeah, I mean you can't deny that. But um, outside of that, I don't really buy many things to collect. Okay. So like, if I did that, I would have bought the Fire Emblem 30th anniversary set that came out recently. Oh look, look! I, I I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I just I have a sneaky suspicion they're not going to come out of the box, or they might come out of the box, but they're not, they're not actually going to get used because you'll you'll be too scared to get Joe drift on them. Uh, yeah, and maybe I'll play them for Zelda and stuff like that and then pack them away for non-Zelda sessions. I don't know. Okay. Bring them back out for Breath of the Wild sure. 2, which is a, <laughs> a good segue. Uh, we did mm. also have uh, an well, kind of an update about Breath of the Wild 2. I must admit, I really felt like Breath of the Wild 2 was coming out this year. Um, you know, I think enough time has passed and everything like that, but I guess with the delays with COVID... There was, a, like, Aonuma, you know, the guy who, who basically f- is manning the helm for Zelda these days, did come out and sort of say there will be an update. What was it, 20? Later this year, they'll give more information about Breath of the Wild 2? Or more news later this year, I think was the phrasing. I mean, it's same, same, isn't it? We'll, well, find d- out, we'll find out more later this year, basically. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It, it just feels like this is not going to be a 2021 game. Yeah, I'm not sure. Nintendo, I wouldn't put it past them to have it actually pretty far along. It's just the, they weren't comfortable showing what they had, that's all, you know. Mm. And and they put that 
thing up statement at the start of the direct about COVID. And I really think that they, it has probably impacted them hugely. You know, they're, Hmm. they're such a closed company and we've talked in the past about the struggles with Japanese game development culture and business culture in general about being so guarded and secretive. So I think that, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it's, if it does actually come out though. So, I feel like this kind of a game is also the kind that gets incubated and completed properly. It's not like I'm going to have a a stab at Animal Crossing here where they release it early with a bunch of features and then they know, oh, we'll just keep adding crap to it. Um, Or a certain other game that we've spoken to to death about. I feel like with Breath of the Wild, it's such a big game. They will release it when it's ready kind of thing. But I think that's a poor argument because... That's the point of Animal Crossing. Like, no, I know hey, that, but I feel like I feel like there were there were such core things missing in the initial release that they could have just waited a little bit longer and actually included them from launch. But I don't think there was. I think like it's core missing stuff. by choice, though. I don't think it's like they're building it. Mm, no, I feel like they had it in the roadmap and then just went screw it. We'll release it now and then we'll just add it later. It's it's also by choice in the sense that will trickle all these things that should, in theory, be in the base game. But why have it in the base game? I can't think of anything right now because I haven't played it for a while. But I remember playing the game thinking, man, it's missing this and this and this. And then they added a bunch of things down Mm. the track. I'm like, yeah, they should have been there from the start. I don't know why it took them so long to put it in there. And you could tell they probably were going to do it from the start, but then they probably went, ah, we'll just trickle it to keep players going. So, Mm. And I hate that practice. But I feel like with Breath of the Wild... It's the kind of game where that principle, you can't even apply that principle, I don't think. You, and I feel like they're also a company and a de- the developers are the kind of people that release it when it's actually done, not when they need to rely on 50 patches to get it to a workable state kind of thing. So, mm. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. So are you going to be picking this up, Swinny? Um <laughs> Probably not because the mm. price point, honestly. I think that charging, I'm assuming charging full price. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already, it's already, you can pre purchase it. So at JB Hi Fi, I think it's like 69. I think same as Amazon. But I mean, what's new in the game other than it looking a little bit nicer? Like, why Why would I buy it again? That's my question. Well, it's a remaster. Man. I mean, like, to be fair, like, Demon Souls is like 109, I think is the cheapest you can get it for. Yeah, but I mean, the work done to that versus the, like, this is just a. This is not a remake, you know. Like to me, I, well, well, I don't. I don't, they haven't made it. I don't. A, I don't think you know made, that. Like I don't know why you're saying that because like Demon Souls is like a one for one recreation of Demon Souls, right? Like they're literally using the Demon Souls engine underneath. Yeah, but the it hood. looks like a million bucks, whereas this just looks like mm. it's got a coat of paint. You know, they haven't made a strong enough I, case I, to sell okay. this for full price, in my opinion. Yet, yet. Sure. They could announce that they could show stuff later and it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But at the moment, you know, and Nintendo games don't drop in price. Like, I might as well just go bust out my Wii and play it there, you know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't... Yeah, I, I think it looks a lot better than the Wii version, obviously. But yeah, everyone's got their own opinion on that, obviously. Um, I, I think it's interesting, the whole pricing thing, because... I think there's a weird thing, especially in Australia, more so than America. In America, it's like $60 and probably Demon's Souls is $70. So it feels like there's a lot less difference. But in Australia, we're seeing really big price differences. Like you genuinely can get most new Nintendo games for 70 bucks, and 
Mike, I think like PS5, it's like kind of like a hundred. Is like it's one Demon Souls best. is one ten one twenty. No, I know, but I'm saying on average, oh, best, like yeah, if you yeah. try to get the best deal, it's kind of like uh, still yeah. probably like a hundred is like the best. So kind of feels like a bigger you difference low, to me. Yeah. I'll say if they figure out a way to get, and I, I don't think it will, but if they figure out a way to get Wii Motion Plus support for it, then then that changes everything. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Breaking news on Big Week and Gaming Podcast. That's not going to happen. Well, they because... patched in GameCube <laughs> controller support so for Mario Sunshine, so yeah, it's not but out of the question. The bar, the Wii Mode bar thing has got a proprietary plug, so they'd need to have an adapter plug to go yeah, into the know, It'd be I like know. crazy if they did that. Um, especially that they've got the Joy-Cons and all that If there was stuff, ever so. one game to do it for, though, it would be this one. Yeah, but I think they would announce that, right? Like, that, that's not something yeah, they'd keep yeah. secret, but... Yeah. I mean, you never know. The Joy-Con thing could work better than we are expecting. But I, I'll try that, that out. Would, that would be a game changer for me. That would make me buy it. Yeah. I, look, I'll try it out, and because I'm pr- very critical on motion controls, even with the Wii U and Wii. Like, I'm not a big fan generally. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm definitely going to get this day one. Uh, and played it with your joke cons. Yes, exactly. I'll get them on day one as well. And I'm just really fascinated how this sits in the pocket with Zelda's 35th anniversary as well. Because it seems strange to me that they put this in here, given that it really does feel like they will have a 35th anniversary direct in the next month or two. Um, but we'll, yeah, I guess we'll just have to keep our eyes on that space. All right, let's get into the other really big announcement in the direct in which opened the show. Xenoblades, Pyra, and Mithra are going to be joining the Smash roster. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> no, I thought it was cool. <laughs> um, I know, because you two love that game. And <laughs> anything, anything that gets released, you're all over it. No, no. So, uh, you know... So the Mike direct- really endearing himself to the Smash fans listening to this <laughs> out there. I'm sorry, Smash. Hey, it's a brilliant game. It's a fantastic game. I just love how the tiniest little... Oh, they'll, they've added blah, and all of a sudden everyone goes crazy over it's it. A new, it's an entirely new character. That's the whole game, the characters. So, it's not know, a small thing. Yeah, I know. You, yeah, you, people still play Jigglypuff. So. You, you are, like, literally living up to your, your uh, show title of being ignorant. It's like... Whenever they no, add- I'm not ignorant because <laughs> I have played the game and I played the game with you guys and I do get it. I, I acknowledge it. And I think it is, if I had if I had played the game and I was really into the game, I'd be looking for something fresh, you know, something new, a new character, something different because otherwise, you know, the game stagnates. But I still think it's funny that people will use those characters and I can just see you guys using those characters. Actually, maybe not so much you guys, but I know some of our other friends, they'll just use their normal characters. Oh, which is fine, but I, almost, I think the thing- almost almost all my main characters are DLC characters. At That's this point. true. So it's, I'm exact opposite of that, Mike. I think we were playing DLC versus DLC last night, right, Swinny? Yep. Mm. Yeah. So tell us more about yeah, and and just to stand Pyro up for and Smash fans and boot you off the podcast. So like one thing <laughs> is like the characters in Smash. You've got to give them credit because when they add new characters, it's not just here's a coat of paint. Like they really go deep. And think about the reference material and then also what they can do that's really different in Smash. To the point where, you know, even last night I was playing as Min Min. It doesn't feel like a Smash character. It's very odd the way that they've done it, but it's awesome. Um, so I'm really fascinated to see how they're going to go with this, these characters. So the Nintendo Direct opened. It wasn't immediately obvious, I guess, to most people that it was going to be Pyra. Swinny, did you just like... Because I, I felt like almost straight away, it's like, oh my God, Pyra is going to be in Smash. 
Is that sort of how you landed on it, or was it more like later where you could see FD? No, I didn't see it until she, I didn't know until she said it. Oh, really? Oh, nah. so you didn't notice that she was on uh, Final Destination? No, because it's all cloudy. Like honestly, I don't oh, like okay. Final Destination's design in Ultimate anyway, so I rarely see it these days. Ah, fair but, enough. Fair enough. Um, no, I was a lot of people. You know, I'm, I'm honest. I just didn't know. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. That makes that's sense. Cool. I thought for cool. some reason because I don't like upfront. I think we should be also very clear that we're not huge fans of the Xenoblade series just because we haven't played them all. You know, I definitely I haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles two. I've only played um, Definitive Edition for the opening hours of the first game, and I definitely haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles X or whatever it was on the Wii U. Um, so everything I know about these characters essentially come from, hey, they're announced, let's find out a bit more about them. So. Yeah. The character looked pretty cool, though, I'll give you that. And can I just say something? Like, so I, yes, I, I can't say I'm a huge fan of Xenoblade, but that's not saying that I'm not into them. Like, I, I played a bit of both games, and it's more of a timing thing, really, for me, that they're just, like, very, like, long games. And I would love to actually get into them, and I will, um, yeah, but I'm not like a hater of, of that franchise. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's, it's really interesting. Yeah. A lot of people said that they didn't pick up on it. I just felt like they would open with a smash like character. That's kind of what they've been doing recently. And I just couldn't imagine them going back to Xenoblade Chronicles two to make a DLC. And just as soon as he started saying Pyra is missing, I'm just like, Oh shoot. Like she's going to be in smash. That's insane. I, Part of it's, you know, me being an idiot. And the other part is me seeing that Xenoblade and kind of being a little like, oh, not paying as much attention. Oh, yeah, like tune your brain off or something. Yeah, yeah, I haven't even played the base game, so why do I care about the DLC type of thing? Well, that's exactly right. Like, I've got nothing against Xenoblade. I'm a huge RPG fan, as we know. Um, I just Mm, haven't played them. There's no achievements for it. I just haven't played them enough. So, but look, there's characters look great. Um, So they're, you know, we know there's, there's two of them which is awesome because it's the first time we've had a character that can swap between two uh, more than one, uh, I guess, you know, style since uh, Pokemon Trainer was basically added in Brawl. And yeah. It's, to me, like, it does feel very Zelda chic because there's... Yes, that's exactly you know, what I thought. Yeah, from Melee, simply because they're, you know, they're not as different, wildly different as the Pokemon <laughs> Trainer. Yeah, they're completely uh, different. Players, uh, characters, but... Look, I'm super pumped for this. I reckon that they look really cool. We just don't know enough about them yet. Um, I don't think we've had a date for the Sakurai presentation yet, have we? No, and that was the one thing that that did bum me out in the presentation where they said, oh, cool, like, it's all great. And then it's, oh, by the way, this character's coming in March. And it's like, oh, it doesn't feel like early March. It really feels like this is going to be late March when they, they launch this character. And... I don't know. You know, last time when they announced it and it was like coming out like the next week or something, Sephiroth? Remember that, Swinny? Yeah. Like, if look, you beat the challenge, it was like a week or something when you could get it. But I mean, uh, there's been times when they've announced characters and they haven't come out for a lot longer. Yeah. So. And that was horrible, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it being like four or five weeks, but yeah, I guess we're going to have our fun Sakurai direct. See how that goes. The thing that I got excited about is that means that there's going to be a Pyra, at least, Amiibo. And, and <laughs> I'm going to handle this really sensitively because, you know, Mike's on the line. But Hey, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being good. I got a new haircut. One, I'm a new man. <laughs> one thing is, I don't, you know, Swinny, you'd know the context here, but 
With things like Zero Suit Samus, they've made modifications to the character build over time to make it a bit more, let's just say, family-friendly. And there's certain characters they haven't even included in Smash because it's not for good boys and good girls, is what Sakurai said. So, you know, and like I said, I'm going to handle this very sensitively, but I felt like the director was a bit, like, not raunchy, but do you know what I mean by what I'm saying? I, all I know is that these characters will be assets to the roster. <laughs> okay, that's well said. I'll just move on from there. Um, <laughs> so with the Amiibo, I'm excited because I'm like, I don't know if they're going to do two Amiibo or one Amiibo. I feel like they're going to do two and they won't do a joint one because it just feels like, like with Pokemon Trainer, they've got like three Amiibo for Pokemon Trainer. So so like in a box that's got both of the characters in it, you mean? Oh, they have that yeah, so with like, Animal Crossing and stuff that had multiple characters. Yeah, for Ice Climbers, they've got both yes. of the characters, but that makes sense, right? They're just yeah, I remember that. Kind of, you, know, you can't separate them. But with these ones, I'm not sure how they're going to handle it. They might just do Pyra because with Byleth mm. at this stage, they only have male Byleth, which I would prefer to just get female Byleth if I could. Um, and it doesn't seem like they're going to be doing female Byleth. Oh, man. So, the life of an amiibo collector is so bloody difficult, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> So we'll do a we'll do a obviously a breakdown of what our thoughts about the actual character playstyles when we when we've seen that presentation yeah. and who knows maybe they'll shadow drop on the day of the presentation we can actually give our impressions but huh. yeah I'm looking forward to it as I said most of my players I, characters I play these days are DLC which is you know they kind of, on some of them are OP but. I like my ism. What can I, well, say? I was actually going to ask you that about the opinus because one thing that I think <laughs> the opinus. <laughs> I didn't. I swear to God, I didn't mean to say that. So one thing about the game, you know, characters being OP in the game. One one thing that I massively appreciate from what I've seen about the game and having played it as well is it's incredible how there's such variety in fighters, yet they manage to balance it pretty damn well. You're always going to get characters that are hard to balance and stuff like that. But all in all, would you say that it's it's fairly well balanced? Look, and people can pick up a character and get really good at a particular character and still own. It's an incredible achievement what they've managed to do with the game. Yeah, but there's definitely characters in, at certain skill levels that will definitely have an advantage, especially if we're talking like four player matches where you people aren't always you know focusing on every other every other character like Viola, for instance. Byleth is just awesome in multi-person matches because you can jump on the edge of a stage and do like a charged bow shot and stuff like that and often get kills and people don't know you're there. Yeah, Whereas that's one... Swinny style. Swinny style, oh, sneaky, that's totally my camping, style. That's zoning. Totally... But the then, He's but a then sniper. Can, but then I can still kick your ass one-on-one with her, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, you were struggling with Min Min, but then you, you got your head around it within a few matches. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to this. I did find it funny that ultimately people are going, oh, another anime swordie. But it, it's, it's a fighting game. I mean, like, sword characters are a huge oh. part of it, right? So It's another math clone, basically. <laughs> They're, all like math clones. Was, They're all math clones. They're all math clones. All right, and let's get into uh, the rest of the direct. And I think there's a lot of things that oh, uh, yeah. Mike wants to cover. So. What? The rest of the highlights. So, like, we should say that the Direct had 2 million concurrent viewers at its peak across all the different channels, which, like, is pretty nuts when you actually think about it, that that many people were tuned in. Because I still think that this is not a very mainstream thing, but it's sort of getting there, right? Uh, so, first up, like, and we're only going to go through the highlights. Uh, obviously, there's so much to go through from a 50-minute show. Uh, first up was uh, Four Guys. 
So it was announced for the Switch and then promptly post-direct Xbox also announced it for consoles. And I think it's supposed to be around the same time period. Hopefully that's going to be completely cross-platform. It'd be a really big mistake if they don't make it cross-platform. Mike, do you reckon you'll be picking this up on the Switch or what are your thoughts? On yeah, that? probably on the Switch, but only if everyone else gets it. Otherwise, definitely not. Yeah, I, I, I am really keen because they said that they really struggled to get this working well on the PS4 huh. and they had to reduce it from 100 players to 60 players. And then you look at the Switch and like online with Switch, like, mm. you know, I need to know more information. I need to know is it cross-platform because if they restrict it to just Switch... I feel like it's just going to be a total mess with people and how bad the Wi-Fi is on the Switch itself. But yeah, I'll get in on it. See if what it's happens. Not, yeah. yeah, if it's a reasonable price, I'll, I'll jump on it as well. Uh, Swinney, did you have anything to add to Four Guys? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. look, I'm happy for people that wanted it. Uh, it's just right. doesn't look like my cup of tea. Uh, I'm going to get you to jump in voluntarily, Swinney, like because <laughs> I think you are like not interested in the rest of it. Uh, Mario Golf. So uh, a new Mario Golf game coming, Super Rush. Uh, first one since uh, 3DS World Tour. And I think the thing that I got excited about was that they have a story mode and like it definitely had RPG elements. But Swinney, like on this one, did you get the sense like I did that it wasn't maybe as rich as some of the GBA style story games that but came out? It looked a lot like World Tour from what yeah. I saw, Surface, yeah. which is... A lot more streamlined, stripped back. Um, definitely not the Camelot RPG style yeah. of Mario Golf, which I don't think we'll ever get that, get that again, honestly. Unless, oh, really? Yeah, oh. it just doesn't... I, I don't think it makes sense for Nintendo to focus on that stuff. I think, mm. maybe, you know, people remember, remember that fondly, but if you ask someone on the street, like the common casual gamer, which these games are often made for, yeah, these Mario sports games, hey. they're not going to... They they're not going to care about that stuff. Like it looks cool. Um, I didn't. I was going to try the demo out. It says it's currently available now. There's a demo for it. Sick. Mm, I don't think the demo is available now. Oh, that's what I read in one of the articles. So oh, I could really? Be wrong about that. Oh, so, okay. I'm um, gonna check it out. Yeah, this but is probably my I number one thing. Could be wrong thing. about that. Yeah, you were like super keen on this. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Probably out of all the all of the games, for some reason, this was. Let me let the, me check about the demo. Of, yeah. I love golf games for some reason. On I don't like real life golf. I suck at it, and I always break my back every time I do it. But <laughs> but golf games for some reason I just love. Like Golf Story was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed playing that. One of the my earliest memory of a game is some old DOS golf game that I played ages ago, so, and I played that to death when I was like seven or something. So just just to uh, check, so um. IGN states that there was a demo available after the direct. So if there isn't, then IGN got it wrong. So, yeah, we'll but did you check that. it on your Switch? Well, no, because I, otherwise I would have downloaded it. So yeah, I, I mean that's yeah. that's a that's a that's a weird thing to get wrong, like to go out there and state that. But yeah, mm. who knows? Who knows? If only I had a Switch literally next to me to check this. Yeah, same. Yeah. Damn it. I think <laughs> you have bring a Switch it with me. right next to you, don't you, Mike? If only I had a Switch literally right next to me. <laughs> Can that. you check while we're going through No, this? I need to set it up. I, I usually I, actually have my Switch on my desk. I'm talking about the one that's still All in my right, box. I'll, I'll bloody do it because I'm, I'm the one that said I'm not going to Yeah, you're the one who said it. And you, and you mm. can't throw IGN under the bus. It's your statement. Thank you very much. Oh, look. Oh, I heard some yeah, clinkling. I got it from the sources. Yeah. Are you going to get this day one? Sounds like you are. 
No, we've... <laughs> like, this is the most exciting game. I'm not going to get this game. Well, maybe that just goes to show how excited I am about the rest of the games. Maybe you're trying to live uh, up to your resolution. No, I think I have to live up to my resolution, yeah. I, oh, yeah I, right. I'll, I'll wait till it drops in price by like $5 because it's probably all it'll but drop it's in never, price. But it's never, yeah. It's not... Yeah, exactly. So, I, look, no, no, I, I have too many other things to play, but otherwise, yes, I would. I love these games. I kind of don't really personally understand people who go, I'm going to wait for, the, for a Nintendo first-party game to drop in price. It's like... But they do. Uh, no, they, they do drop. Like, dude, Smash has not one single time dropped in price on the digital I version. I bought it, not the digital version, but I, but I would wait for the physical versions. They don't go down a ton, but, no, but they dude, absolutely like, do go on special. The physical versions in general are always cheaper on day one than they are so later. It seems IGN got it wrong. Thank they you did. very much. Thank you very much. We're spreading rumors here. Swinney got hey, I was clear when I said it. Swinney I believe, like I didn't say it's hundred percent fact. Sorry, so. we're Swinney. We're journalists, and you need to have two sources, and you relied on one, and you Journalist, got caught out. Oh so right, you uh, are the one who's. I'm going to go. Player. I'm going to go <laughs> chase <laughs> down Cam She. Kick off uh, demo. Was it Cam again? No, was he the one who stated it. <laughs> that <laughs> that guy. No, it was not. This it was not. Into... It was not Cam. It was not Cam. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you're not going to buy this, even though you, yeah, okay. I, I will get it, but look, if I if I didn't already have a million games to play, and I didn't have those New Year's resolutions, yes, I probably would have bought it day one. Mm. But I have too much other stuff to play, and I'll wait. Yeah, they're pretty relaxing games. The golf games, to be yeah, honest. that's the thing about them. They're so relaxing, and there's something about the mechanics of. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's just they're it's relaxing. Enjoyable. It's relaxing. It's very relaxing. Yeah. Uh, so next game that we had on the docket is Project Triangle Strategy. Just in line with uh, Square Enix's division that's focusing on what they're now calling 2D HD series, which is kind of weird. It's framing By the way, that was, a, that was a working title in brackets. And well, when, when they release it, they will go full title or something. Yeah, but I don't know. You probably don't remember, Mike, but they had Project Octopath Traveler. Yes, working title. I remember that. And they just called it Octopath. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If they do call this Triangle Strategy, but I don't. Triangle Strategy is a weird name. I don't don't know. It's a good name because it's so weird and it doesn't exactly. It's bizarre and it'll catch people's (laughs) attention, but it's the weirdest. Yeah, it's like like Ogre Tactics. You know, like it's not the first Japanese strategy RPG to have weird names. Yeah, yeah, but Ogre Tactics makes sense. It's got ogres in it, and it's a technical game. I get it. Triangle Strategy means nothing to me. Strategy game. A triangle's the only thing I can think of in triangle strategy is in 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 stock and share trading where yeah, you so use the, the, the triangle strategy to figure out the way a piece of stock's heading. It's pretty simplistic. Just same as Octopath, there's like eight paths that you can go down. There's there's three different sort of feuding regions. Oh, that's where they got it from. Yeah. Of course, yeah. yes, because I, I did. I actually did get the demo. So, by the way, this one does have a com- demo. In case you're wondering, yeah, coming 2022. Tripath strategy. <laughs> Tripath strategy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, I, so, so I got the demo. The demo. Did you get the well? demo? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did play the demo and I got stuck because really? I'm an idiot. Yeah, you know, like, I, have you played it? You yeah, know, at, yeah, the very, at the very start where, you, where after I skipped through all the dialogue because yeah. I couldn't care less, I just wanted to see what the gameplay was like. And you have to talk to everyone yeah. on that bridge part. Yeah. I talked to everyone. I don't know how to proceed to the next <laughs> bit. 
I know what I'd Sorry, run. I'm laughing because that's such a stupid place to get stuck. I'm not blaming I'm you. It's just like, of all places to get stuck, it's like talk to everyone kind of situation. What was I supposed to do, though? Like, hang on. So did you, did you guys honestly, pass this, that part? I'm, I'm like, you got to see the video feed. I'm like baffled right now. And this oh, is to the level of like, why can't Metro crawl? Mike, I find what? it funny, but I haven't played the demo, so I don't know. Okay, no, I don't know. try the demo. I but hang on, hang on. Intergod, tell me. How do I get past that? I don't even know what you're talking about. Like The bridge. The like the bridge part where you finally get control of a character, yeah. And the first thing you got to do is you got to like you got to pick up the glowy <laughs> items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dude, sweetie. It is literally just a single screen. You can't even like walk around too far. It's just one I screen. Am, and I talked to everyone, I'm and baffled. I'm like, what do I do next? I couldn't do anything, and I kept talking to them until until it was just repeating the same line over and over again like and so i could baffled. not go to the next part have you not played like an rpg before like what, i have what? but i just i did i got stuck and you know what i did i got went and deleted the game cuz i didn't know how to progress <laughs> what the hell that is so, so odd either either something about that just did not click with the game design so what, do we know or there was what, a glitch so what was the solution you got do you remember yeah what you was just, that dude, to do? like honestly Swinny, it's like saying you know, I got stuck in Mario, Super Mario 1, 1, 1. And you're just like, what, where, like, what do you mean? Where did you get stuck? I don't understand what you're talking about. How can you get stuck? At the I point? couldn't figure out where the jump button was, basically, the is what button. happened. What are you talking about? Oh, no, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying the equivalent of. I just, yeah, I, I talked much. to everyone. I picked all right. up all the items. I'm, there was nothing else going I'm on. I'm going to download this demo right you now. You couldn't do anything. In conversation, get past whatever point Mike got stuck on <sighs> in just a casual conversation about this game. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. <laughs> The demo is really long, like really long. There's like no for me, wasn't because I got <laughs> I got stuck right at the start. <laughs> I don't know how you got stuck. This is it's... this is worse than you getting lost at the beginning of Link to the Past after like in the oh, throne yeah, that's room. Right? He's like, "What do I do in Link to the Past?" It's like, "What are you talking about?" Well, that's not fair because it's, I quit the game of, when I came back. Like the conversation wasn't there anymore, and I had you to figure out that you got to quit and come back. Well, now it turns out I didn't, because but I didn't know I didn't I didn't hear what the person said. It's like, what were they talking about? Man, I missed I'm the like, conversation because it was you know I'm two weeks sh- ago or something. I'm shook. I'm shook right now. I'm like so <laughs> shocked, and my brain is like fried. Right, I'm, I'm anyway, sweaty, and, and please tell me how to pass that particular part. Okay. So I thought you were talking about later because there are some like not tricky no, bits, the but there's part. bits later where you got to. With the bridge and the way you open it and all this other kind of stuff. But I no, didn't I understand stuck. you were just talking about the dialogue Look, and collecting a few No, things. hang on. I didn't get stuck. I didn't get stuck you at pressing A to stuck. skip the dialogue. I managed to actually stuck. get past that part where you just keep pressing A just to skip the dialogue. <laughs> I did press, that okay. That was fine. Plus. You can press plus to skip the whole thing. if you want. Well, it's plus or whatever I did. I don't remember what so, I did. But so, I skipped all those. So what you're saying there's a lot of dialogue. is that... Project Triangle strategy is the Dark Souls of dialogue. <laughs> it was for me. It was for me. It's the it Dark Souls was. <laughs> I got defeated. So just to be clear, you never got into the combat. Nah. <laughs> okay. Intergot, how was it? How was it? You know, yeah, it's really, really cool. It like, so I have said already on the podcast that the way that they did Octopath Traveler, so they're using Unreal Engine. They're actually creating a 3D. Everything's 3D in the game. Hmm. And then they've got 2D sprites. They've got like awesome, you know, volumetric lighting effects, things like really that. really cool. I it just looks that. amazing. And it I've, looks really I've cool. I've always said, if I like, I might like, you know, I'm about to cry talking about it. <laughs> if they made Final Fantasy VI in this style, 
that is like I, I probably would get like a collector addiction of that. Like that would be a collector addiction of that <laughs> addition. That would be my like dream if they did something like that because I love okay. it. That it, would it's... be phenomenal. That would be <laughs> dear Santa. And I, this is not new. I think we've already said this before, Swinney. But to me, it's almost like, and this is I'll try to explain this right. But you know, Nintendo sixty four, PlayStation, they went down the three D route. To me. Octopath Traveler is almost like a world where the SNES continued on and they just kept on refining 2D and making it look like sicker and sicker and like really cool. It's kind of like an alternate reality where 2D still exists. And I guess, Mm. you know, we sort of have that. There's a lot of really cool 2D games now like Cuphead and things like that. Um, Yeah, I'm super pumped for this game. Honestly, even if it was bad, I'd probably buy it just to support, you know, I want more games like this and looking like this and this style. Having said that, I love the demo and I love the combat and I love, you know, tactical RPGs. I think I actually like them more than just turn-based RPGs that Swinney's into. Um, He's into all sorts, I think. Yeah, but I don't think Swinney, Swinney, you know, I don't want to talk for you. Like from a tactical RPG point of view, it's probably not your favorite subgenre of RPGs. No, strategy RPGs, like, you know, your Final Fantasy Tactics, things like that. Fire Emblem. Well, Fire Emblem feels a bit different to me. Fire Emblem kind of feels... Almost like a mix between that and something like Advance Wars in some ways. Um, yeah, very much so. I've not yeah. never really thought. I know it got more so, and more so, but I've never really thought of Fire Emblem as an RPG series. But it's, oh, really? Yeah, like I guess my first Fire Emblem games were the ones on GBA and then Path of Radiance, and they always felt more like strategy games as opposed to RPG. Which it's and so it was weird. It felt different. Whereas playing mm. there's there's so many strategy rpgs that i own that i just i start them and i just it doesn't click with me i think i just it's just not a style of rpg that i like but mm. there are games that i've played that i have enjoyed in that style so and who knows i might love this yeah. but i still need to play octopath so yeah you just well you still gotta you know get past that bridge part i know time. man you know unreal engine those dialogue boxes look fantastic what can i say <laughs> yeah it is i guess i guess yeah. you know if you put it on a spectrum you know strategy and then rpgs you know a game like we're going to mention later uh mario rabbits mario plus rabbits that's just like pure strategy game like in simplistic but good game really really good great game um, that's that's basically XCOM with mario right yeah but it's got no rpg elements at all like that I can yep. even... I'm just trying to think through. I don't so it's like XCOM. Any... XCOM doesn't really have RPG elements per se. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Strategy. So, I, yeah, I get, I, get, I get what you're saying about Fire Emblem, Swinney. Like, it is like an RPG light, almost. Like, there is RPG elements, but it's not sure. really... Like, there's probably some first-person shooters I can think of that have more RPG elements than Fire Emblem. Well, so. The more modern Fire Emblem games, from what I know have gone more in that direction though yeah and i'm more familiar with them you know so like three houses and stuff like that so there are but it's not as heavy as some other games um so yeah look i'm super pumped about this game really really looking forward to it you know whenever it comes out i'll be picking it up i have a physical version of octopath and i think i'd want to pick up a physical version of this game as well so talking about being pumped about games mike you're pumped about samurai warriors 5 yes no i'm not (laughs) i'm not pumped about it (laughs) I think it's okay. I think it looked okay. Yeah. So <laughs> why did you want to talk about it then? Alright, he's speechless. No. <laughs> I'm speechless. No. So I actually look, all jokes aside, I actually thought it looked alright. It's I, I I've never played any of the Samurai Warrior games. Do you know so, what they are? What kind of games they are? 
They look like kind of <laughs> like maybe Bayonetta kind of games, but not as crazy. <laughs> maybe no. I mean, it looked cool. Whatever I whatever I saw, I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. You know, Dynasty Warriors. I'd play that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So but again, I haven't really played them. Okay. Enough. All right. So yeah. So it's basically the Japanese branch of Dynasty Warriors. So Dynasty Warriors is generally focused on Chinese history. Right, and Samurai Warriors is focused on Japanese history, and which I like. Then cool. they've got the uh, Warriors Orochi series, where they kind of combine everything in, okay. in the one. So, yeah, this. But is, what's the gameplay like? So it's exactly. more similar to Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. Do you can do you just control one character, and it's like a button mashing, yeah. hack and yeah. slash, beat them up, hack and slash, thousands, perfect. thousands of enemies. I'll enjoy that. I think. Yeah. So there's already heaps of Dynasty. Like there's, there's heaps of games of that style on the Switch already. Mm. So. Um, in general, that that genre is like going through a golden era. There's so many games coming out, like a Muso style game. I guess it works really well on handheld and in that kind of a console. I think it's relaxing because it's like mm. I actually play Hyrule Warriors sometimes just late at night when I want to turn my brain off because it's like just so easy. The gameplay, you're just like wow, mm. just right. mowing right. down enemies. I'm, la- I'm launching a Project Triangle strategy. Oh, exciting! All right, let's see if exciting. you can right. if you can get past that part before we finish the segment. So the next next game you wanted to play, uh, talk about, Mike, I is uh, Le- yeah. Legend of Mana. Yes, I never played any of the other Mana games, uh, but this one looked really cool. I love the pixel art in it and and the perspective and stuff like that. So again, it's one of those games that I, I will not buy on launch probably, but I think it looked really cool. It looked like a proper classic sort of. 90s RPG. Mm. I quite like that one, I think. I think this one, like, you know, you're the RPG expert, Swinny, but I always, mm. like, understood that this was... Like, some people hate this game. Mm. Like, um, not a lot of fans why is for it. So, a lot of people... So, the Secret of Mana series or Second Densetsu, so, you know, we've talked about it before, but, you know, it's it's got a really weird convoluted history and they've remade some of the stuff recently like Charles of Mana was second in Setsu 3 um they mm. released that alongside the the series as well uh on the Switch this was the PlayStation entry and it's it's a beautiful game it has great music it's like there's a lot to love about this game but it's really odd so the way from memory and it's been a long time since I've played it and I didn't look it up since before the show you actually get like artifacts that then you plant down on the map and you kind mm. of like it's like you explore the world in but like in a way that you've set and created it's really yeah. strange and i think people were just wanting something like secret of mana and i think that's why mm. it's really divisive it's because it was they tried something really unique and original and i never played it enough to really know if i liked that or not because i probably only played a few hours of it at a friend's house right. or something like that. um so it's really good that it's uh, I can't remember the last time it was released on anything. Um, mm. In 1999 on PlayStation. No, but I don't know if it got like ported to PS2 in a collection or anything. I'd, I'd, if this is the first time it's been available since PlayStation, then that's fantastic because it gives so many more people mm. a chance to play it. So I'm not sure if it's been released cool. since. It's so hard to follow with those mana games because just the renaming of them and... Yeah. But it, yeah, it looks like, actually I just checked the dense It looks like this is the first time it's been re-released. Well, there you go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 99, 2000 and then yeah, 2021. 20, it's kind of crazy actually. I mean, that kind of just shows cuz that series they've had so many re-releases of those games. Even I think they probably acknowledge there's a bit of heat about this game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it's received. 
It didn't get received very well in Japan, which has a big influence, I think. I think it's it's like I think it's maybe a banjo nuts and bolts situation. It's so different from the other games in the yeah. way it works. So Yeah, and it's hard to have the breathing space to go and create something like that that's different and for people to accept it as it is. I mean, we'll touch on that in the BlizzCon thing shortly as well. Uh, Outer Wilds? Yes. So I, I, I'm I going to defer this one to Swinny for more details, but I had started <laughs> I think you wanted to play- raise it. Well, I did because I, I started <laughs> playing it on, on console mm. and I thought, hey, this is an awesome concept. Um, other games got in the way and it was always one of those games that I always went, man, I really want to play that game. It just seems mm. so cool. So I think now that it's going to come to Switch, to me, that seems the perfect platform for that kind of a game. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Look, but obviously, Swinny, you played it, so you'd know more about the game. Yeah, itself. and I never completed it because something weird, like it's an amazing game. Um, it's, such an, it's such an experience. And it's like to talk about why is a disservice. Like you have to experience mm. that game for yourself. I don't want to spoil um, it. But we should say that, like, I mean, this is covered in the trailer that, like, what is it? Like a 22-minute loop? Like, or like you have yeah. 22 minutes to you know, discover or like explore the, the, you know, the little sector of the universe that Mini you're in. Mini solar and, system, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you start it again, right? Is that right, Swinny? Yeah. Because I haven't played the game. You start it again and there's no, nothing carries over. So what Apart from your, your memory. Yeah, your memory. Your, your own actual, memory. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems cool. It's cool. I just, it's really unnerving. Like it's a game that's <laughs> just like, because you, you start getting towards the end of that 22 minutes and then <laughs> like things start rumbling and then you you can go out and you look at the universe and you see what's changing as it gets to the end of that. It's oh, it's cool. such a cool game, but it just yeah, it's it's really unnerving for me, which is the opposite of what some other people said about the game. They're like, "Oh, I loved, you know, Sense of Discovery." And I'm like, "Man, I just I hate it when it starts getting into that." I think it's fantastic it's on Switch. I know that it, it had a few struggles performance-wise on the other consoles. On console, yeah. I don't know if they've been oh, patching really? that. Wow. So I we'll hope s- they patch that, yeah. We'll see We'll see how it goes on Switch for that. But it's, uh, yeah, that deserves a lot more eyes on it. Um, you know, made mm. the game of the year for many different websites. So mm-hmm. uh, fantastic that it's finally making it. And, and, you know, one of those weird quirks of that year, in some ways I feel like this game, and if they had a chance, they should have changed the name of the game. Because this game... 100% did get confused with Outer Worlds. Mm. Oh, it's bad. Just bad timing. Everywhere. Yeah, it was just terrible timing on both parts, I guess. But, like, I think given that Outer Worlds was a bigger game, I think this game actually did suffer more. Um, and I've heard so many positive things about Outer Worlds. So I, I began to play it. And I think I've said to you both offline that, you know, for me, I always prefer to pick it up on the Switch as long as the game is running. Okay. Like, so some... update update on uh, Project Triangle Strategy. I've I got past that part, Mike. What? But do you, do you understand where he got stuck? Because I literally <sighs> have no idea what he's talking about. Yes. Okay. There's a tu- there's a little tutorial when it goes. This game has exploration mode, and between exploration mode, you can chat to people. Yes. When I did you're that. when you're done with chatting to people, press the L button to end exploration. <laughs> What? And there's an no. icon at the bottom of the screen that says L and exploration, and then it moves on. 
Yeah, exactly. There's something on the screen okay, that tells you. Maybe because I'm playing it on a Switch Lite and it's really tiny. And it's, <laughs> it's an icon for ants. I didn't see it. Okay, so one thing actually, Square Enix. Can you add really... idiot to to the list of <laughs> things that I am, other than yeah. ignorant and smug and arrogant, Mike, and total idiot as well. So yes. Square Enix, to be fair, really did look at the feedback from Octopath Traveler. They did the yeah, exact same thing. They did demo. They will reach out to you. That's how it works. They will... Good. I will give them that feedback. <laughs> I deleted your demo because I couldn't see the L button. No, yeah, and make it clear. Make it clear. It's a crap mechanic yeah. having to no, do I don't that. Think it's crap. It's just maybe well, not it obvious. Is... Okay. First of all, first of all, maybe in 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 Japan because okay, this is this is going to sound really weird, but maybe in Japan because because you write differently. It would make sense, but to me, at least, if it was like on the right, <laughs> the right trigger or something, or or R one, something that indicated oh. going forward. Not to me that that that. First of all, that means backwards pressing something no, on the Mike, left side of Mike, the controller. When you, you when you load about? it up again, you'll see at the bottom is a couple of things. Well, one, I can't load it up because I deleted no, it. No, I'm saying well, one just says L and end expiration. Yeah, now, it says very clearly on the screen, yeah. like but, constantly. Like, you but can't how really how big is it? Is it like super tiny? Well, it doesn't on matter. A, it's on the on screen. A light? Yeah, but if I can't see it because maybe you know I wasn't wearing glasses at the time or something. I don't think I don't think it's that small. Like it's, I think you'd. I, hang on. I hang think on. you anyway, weren't just looking for. Let, let's move it, on you know to the next bit, which yeah. does not excite me at all. So and in the meantime, I'm going to go get my switch, <laughs> and I will try to right, go, again. Mike. As I said, out of wilds. Yeah, as long as it's running 95 percent of you know the um, the console versions, I, I'd like to pick it up on the switch. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then the other one was Animal Crossing cross super mario so we had some more details about the super mario update for animal crossing it looks actually really cool it makes me want to even bump uh, jump into animal crossing again and i think the biggest thing that uh, my wife who's a massive animal crossing fan said was the pipe that you're able to actually put two pipes down and you can warp in between it that actually like even when i think about it kind of drove me crazy trying to get around my island quick enough so yeah i think that's going to be really really cool thing yeah, that, so there's no other mechanic of that nature at all. I, I, no. Again, I haven't played Animal Crossing since. No, the, there's no teleport but... in uh, Animal Crossing New Horizon. So then, then that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. And like, it looks really cute, like all the items and everything like that. Like, I was thinking, should I just trash my island and then create like Mario levels out of it? Because you got all <laughs> of the fun. components. Because, um, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Uh, and then Mike, I think you wanted to chat about these ones, right? Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, so Tales from from the Borderlands, I'd be keen to play. I I always thought the Tales games are really well suited for the Switch, um, just perfect in handheld mode. Uh, and no, can I jump to the next one? Because I got nothing else to yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, no More Heroes Three looks really cool and interesting. I never played. I think I played number two, maybe a little bit. Three looks really cool. Um, very flashy trailer, and I never played Bravely Default, uh, which is the other one. So Bravely Default Two was announced as well, and they look pretty cool. You know, typical kind of uh, like JRPG in my eyes. Well, t- in my eyes, it's just like a, a, a kind of just the stereotypical JRPG, and I, I want to. I, I like those games, not in, in moderation, because there's quite a few of them out there. But yeah, I think I think this is all right. Just- I know. Just Maybe it's clarify, polarizing, but just want to clarify. So it wasn't announced; it's coming out next week. So it's a final release trailer for it. 
Okay. Yeah. Just, just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, but, I don't think there was yeah. anything new from memory. Yeah, it looks. I, I really like. If it wasn't for the fact that I still haven't finished the first Bradley Default and definitely not Bradley Second, um, I'd be super pumped for it. But it's the same. Same situation as uh, Project Triangle Strategy for me. You know, there's just too many good games. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't want to rehash too much what we've already said. I think I said last time, Bravely Default and Bravely Second. I love the art style on the 3DS. It has a, you know, almost a 2D drawn matte background style. And then the, the, the 3D polygons over the top of it. Whereas this one, it feels like it's going too far into the 3D space. And it's it's almost like reminding me a bit of PlayStation where... Like, it's just not good enough the way it's designed. But, yeah, it's it's a personal thing. It doesn't click with me. So, all right, let's move into the next bit of news. So, we have BlizzCon. So, BlizzCon Ooh. 2021 highlights. Uh, do you want to lead off the batting with Diablo 2, Swinney? Because then I'll cover Overwatch after that. Yeah, so I'm look. I'm definitely not the biggest Diablo fan on, on this show. That's Mike. But I'll cover some of the basics. So... They finally announced the Diablo 2 Resurrected uh, remaster of, Di- well, of Diablo 2, which we all knew was happening. We knew that Vicarious Visions was basically merged into Blizzard, probably for that specific reason, because yeah. by all accounts, uh, was it Team 1? Was, was was Team 1 working on it before, or am I just... <laughs> team 1, yeah. Um, was Team 1 and Team Classic, yeah. which have seems to be dissolved now. So, which, which, by the way, I just can't emphasize this enough. Team One is literally the team that started Blizzard. So it's as if the company that was Blizzard is no more from a lineage perspective. Uh, so Diablo Two Resurrected is due out uh, this year, uh, essentially for everything. Um, I don't think mm. there's a single platform that it's not coming out for. Uh, Stadia? Well, <laughs> I don't think it's coming out to Stadia, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not counting. <laughs> I don't count that as a standard platform oh. these days. Oh, well, they right. never released in Australia, right. so screw them. Um, and including older consoles as well. So it's touted as a remaster. And when you first see it, you're like, that's ridiculous because it's they've got 3D graphics in it and Diablo 2 was not 3D. But when they explain why they tout as a remaster, it's very clear. They've basically layered 3D graphics over the original engine. So they've essentially done a Demon done Souls. Done a Demon Souls. That's cool though. Yeah, but see, you know what? Let's almost like we should chat offline about a bit. This whole remaster, remake, all these words, they're abused so much by the industry. They don't really mean anything anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When they said remaster and I was looking at the footage, I'm like, that's ridiculous. But Mm. if, yeah, it's weird because essentially if the game, again, it's like Demon's Souls where apparently the animations and everything is still the same. It's just the the visuals and you can swap between the visuals at any time, which is always a cool thing. So if anybody Mm -hmm. wanted to just have Diablo 2, the original to play on consoles because obviously it's still available on pc um you've got that as well um so we'll run in uh, 4k 60 frames per second on pc ps5 and xbox series x um, but we'll run at lower resolutions on older consoles it will include all the content and classes from lord of destruction expansion which is obviously expected but still great Mm. to get confirmation and apparently they're remaking all the cinematics. Um, so there's Probably a lot, cool. like 27 They minutes. had cool cinematics in that one. So there's like half an hour of cinematics. This is something I have a big bone to pick with them. So mm-hmm. cross-platform progression. So in the mm-hmm. trailer, they're like, cross-platform progression. 
on any platform that chooses to support it. Ah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Stupid asterisks. Then you go on the (laughs) website for this, and they tout it as a planned feature. Oh. You can't put this in your announcement trailer unless you... Unless you know you can, it's confirmed. I'm I would have kept it out till till later. Yeah, like that is an asshole move because a lot of people don't know that, you know. So yeah, it, and there's a very good chance it will be supported by everything. No, but- there might, but there might be legal reasons why they can't. They have to disclaim it a bit because I think some of the platforms, it's not until it goes gold that they confirm those things. Yeah, it's I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Super I, I misleading. Think, look- super misleading. Well, no, it's not misleading if if it comes out on everything. It's misleading if it doesn't. That's where it becomes well, misleading. Yeah. So I think I think I, I think you you're safe say to say it. no. I think you're safe to say that it will be across everything. So I think all, it's just a technicality. Uh, wouldn't say safe to say, but we'll see. We'll see. They've also expanded the personal inventory of the of your characters and also added shared stash, which is really cool because a lot of people. I, I don't remember a lot of my time Diablo 2 back in the day. I played a lot more, way more Diablo 3. But I think, Mike, didn't you have to essentially have a mule character to be able to transfer yeah, stuff between? Yeah, it was separate characters, yeah. <laughs> and one thing that they I don't think they mentioned, which would be the biggest improvement they could possibly make to this game, in my opinion, other than, of course, the visuals and all that stuff, um, is the ability to reset your character. Because one thing about Diablo 2 is once you went down a certain path, you were stuck down that path. Oh, you couldn't... So you, you could waste points the, into the wrong yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could kind of... I wouldn't say screw your character up, but you certainly couldn't maximize what the character could do. And it's kind of like Demon Souls. I haven't yet found... I, I found how I can change my gender and my looks and stuff in the game, but I haven't found the ability, and I don't know if it exists. And I, I probably think you can in Demon Souls. I think you To can. change your stats. Yeah, I think you can. Your stats. I think you can. I don't know where it is. If it is, anyway. I don't... Yeah. Well, you can't, it's you like can't that, in Dark Souls, so... You can't, but I mean that that quality of life improvement would be fantastic in a game like this. Yeah, I just went, you can experiment and play and enjoy the game. You know, what I mean? when I went through the details of the website, I was looking for that kind of stuff, and I didn't see it there. If it is, then that's great. Um, I don't think it will be because they're just there is really like a reskin, right? Well, but yeah, but they've done the inventory stuff, so they've yeah, done other inventory cross. I think mm. there's other quality of life improvements, and I think this would be the biggest quality, of, and not so much that you know you. you screw yourself over or anything like that it's just cool just from the perspective of trying a different thing out so you don't have to spend another 20 hours getting another character up to that level just to try different things out with that character i mean to me that's the biggest thing i want to be able to just quickly chop and change and try something different just yeah. to experience something different without having to spend another 20 hours doing so so i'm super pumped for this um i remember mm. about the reason Same. i bounced off diablo 2 originally was because i was enjoying it and then i played some pvp and it put me off for some reason it's stupid but mm. at some point there's little things that just bounce you off a game so i'm looking forward to trying this out when it comes out yeah no i think it looks amazing i think I know I've been brutal on it, but um, you know the Ghost and Goblins resurrected or remastered or whatever it's called. Yes, I, I think it's called resurrected, isn't it? Um, which is the same as this then. Resurrection, maybe. Let me look. Not up. sure, but you know I've figured out why I dislike the way that looks and why I like this. Mm-hmm. The reason why I don't like that game, and I, I studied the trailer carefully because I was like, I, I really hate the animation. So resurrection, it is resurrection. resurrection. So close. Um. The reason why I hate it so much is, and I've realized that they've done 2D artwork, but they've rigged it on a 3D model. Mm. And to me, that is never how you do 2D animation. You Like, unfortunately to me, I think you have to just animate it 
like frame by frame. And that's the only way it looks right to me. So if you look at like the original Diablo 2, it's all 2D and it looks amazing. Like everything, the way it moves, the animation. But yeah, with Ghosts and Goblins, that's why I realized. Whereas this, they've done the right thing, which is they obviously didn't want to do a 2D version. They've done 3D version. And, you know, jump on uh, Diablo's websites like Diablo2.blizzard.com. You can actually do like a slider where you see the 2D version versus the don't, 3D don't version. Don't get the age gate wrong because it won't let you in again. Unless you get rid uh, of it. I, I just tried to force my way through and, I'm, and I'm, I chose the wrong year. And then I had to literally open a new browser because I couldn't be bothered finding the cookies and stuff. And I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. That's funny. You always, you always seem to block yourself from these services. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it looks amazing. Like, And you know, just because of a lifestyle thing with kids and stuff like that, this is the kind of game to me personally, and I think if you don't have kids or you know you have a lot of free time, it's I'd want to pick this up on PC if I could, but for me to really sink time into this, it, I kind of have to have it on the Switch. Same. And I'm going to be like fascinated to see how it runs. Because if this runs, like I said, like 95% of the other consoles, 90%, I don't care about 4K and all that stuff. This game, I, I could see myself sinking a lot of time in this game. Do we know how Diablo 3 ran on Switch? Really well, really well. Okay. But like very different game, right? In terms of... Just yeah, it ran, it ran well. Solid yeah. 30, I think. Well, you'd assume yeah. that Diablo 3 would be more in processor intensive than this. Well, I don't know because I know with Diablo 2, when they developed it, it was a bit like there was a lot of hacking going on in the background to get things working. So, you know, sometimes with those things, old games can actually be harder to get running in a funny way. So, it, look, it'd be really interesting. I'm hoping so much because, you know, the team has done an amazing job with Tony Hawk. And if they're confident to put this out on the Switch, like if this is 60 on the Switch, that that would be insane. Like, it, you know, to me, surely, for me, it feels like that's the platform you'd have to play it on, given the style of game that it is. But If it's 60 on the Switch, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'd but be with, so cool for that. With the cross-platform progression, that is something that I just, God, I, I just want more people to do that. And I want that to be the standard in the industry. Especially for these kind of games, yeah. Yeah, but it's just, it's so frustrating. Like, I would love to play Skyrim a little bit on my PC, but they just don't have that. I think of, nah, you know, there isn't, yeah. yeah. That's the, that's what made The Witcher so cool. When yeah, they introduced yeah. cross-platform, it was it was awesome. Yeah. So, so cool. They're, so, they're, they're such cool devs, CDPR. Um, yeah. Hey, by the way, <laughs> by the way, by the way, I am up to... Yeah, look how big it is. I can see it on the your screen. It's massive. Really, that you called that big, but it yeah, points it, very... but it points it out in a dialogue just before. Look, okay, well, I didn't yeah, see well, it in the dialogue, sweetie. I didn't, I didn't see it in the dialogue either, right? Okay, I see it here, and I do understand why it's not mapped to this because this is fast forward, makes sense, perfect. So, I am an idiot, I'm not denying the fact that I'm an idiot, I'm an absolute <laughs> freaking idiot. Uh, okay, I will now press the button, conclude exploration. Yes, haha, I passed it. And and just by the way, anyone who's only watching the clip version of this, we were speaking about this in the oh, yeah. early part of the podcast. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot and I couldn't figure out how to get Mike past the bridge. Mike did not literally understand how to pass the very first part of a game, uh, which was very simple. I didn't even understand what he got stuck on. Well, uh, now, you, now we know. Yeah, so Diablo 2 looks awesome. I, looks it sounds great. like we might all pick it up, actually. It might be the first game that we've actually spoken oh. about that we'll all pick up. Overwatch 2. So I wanted to give an update on that. So... One thing I'd say about Overwatch 2, I love Overwatch 1, but it was just like a time period that just I was kind of felt a bit too late to the party, same as Rainbow Six Siege. But with Overwatch 2, the reception of it initially was, I'd probably say confusion. And it was really fascinating to see the team behind 
Overwatch to like just directly address that. Like, and they were like really sad about it and disappointed. It was really fascinating. To, and it was awesome to actually see people talk candidly about things where, you know, they felt that if they never said that Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2 will have a joint PvP mode, so it means that if you have Overwatch 1, you can play against the player base in Overwatch 2 and PvP. They, they, their view is if they didn't have that feature, people would have actually really received it as a very distinct sequel and, you know, a separate game. Um, so I thought, and I kind of agree with that, that statement, to be honest. Um, we heard a lot more updates of the game itself. So basically every hero, they've refreshed the look, the design, uh, new maps. And, and I think they're very explicit now about really trying to drive the view that this is a true sequel to the game. They still are retaining the the unified PvP where, you know, Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2, you can play against each other. Um, but I still feel like that that is going to cause confusion with people and what that means. And and this has probably been ca- uh, covered so much in, by other places and maybe confirmed back when this first got announced. But what happens... What got confirmed? confirmed. What I'm about to ask. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. The... If new characters that are that are introduced in Overwatch Two are added over time, are those characters then made available in Overwatch One? I don't believe they will be. That's just weird to me, and that's coming from someone that doesn't knows only surface level info about Overwatch. It just seems strange, but yeah, I'm I think sure it's almost just like a, a DLC sure character. It's out. like you know, if you're playing a fighting game with a DLC character, you can fight against them. Other people could pick them, but unless you buy it, you won't be able to play. As yeah. that character. But know? I mean, it's so much more in team balance. It's so yes, much more important, yes. though. It's more integral. So, uh, that yeah. stuff has already probably been discussed to death and confirmed. I was just a question. I wasn't sure. So, you look like one thing I will say about Blizzard, like they make amazing games and they're almost like a victim of their own success, where, you know, look at StarCraft, like a game that I played a lot when I was a kid. You know, when they finally released StarCraft 2, they really struggled to get the StarCraft 1 player base over to StarCraft 2. Um, don't you think, Mike? It's playing uh, triangle strategy. No, I'm trying to save it so I can continue the game offline. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I do think that this has got something to do with the fact that Blizzard do have a weird history with sequels and things like that. Uh, you know, where they can't get the whole base over to the next game. Uh, even with WoW, like people are still pushing for classic, and they had to re-release a version of the classic mode. Um. So yeah, no Overwatch 2, the other part of it is they still won't say a release date for it, but at the same time, they've said they've got a build of Overwatch 2 where they can fully play, like fully playable, they love it, they have a lot of fun with it. So yeah, they just really want to make sure it's done. And I think really they want to make sure that all the other elements, the PvE, the story mode, the hero side missions, all those type of things are really rich. So like they can really legitimately go, hey, this is a pretty chunky sequel uh the other news was blizzard arcade collection which is a bit of a weird title it's um already been released on pc switch playstation 4 and xbox one so it collects uh lost vikings blackthorn and rock and roll racing i think i actually owned all of those games strangely enough it includes save states rewind features filters and really yeah on pc oh okay, okay yeah on pc i had that game yeah and I'd, maybe I didn't own Rock and Roll Racing, but I played that a lot and played Lost Vikings a lot. So are you excited about this, Winnie? Look, any any re-release of Lost Vikings makes me excited. Mm. Uh, it's a real shame that I didn't include Lost Vikings 2. 
Yeah, it is. It is. That that was my favorite one as well. Did um, you ever play them, Mike? No, I, th- I think I played Blackthorn. I remember that on was that on SNES? Yeah, and PC. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, um, but no, Vikings. Blackthorn was really neat. It I don't didn't get too far into it. It's a pretty punishing game if you don't know what you're doing. Um, Rock and roll racing, as we said, is really fun. But yeah, Lost Vikings. The only issue I have is I think the price points just bit too high for it yes yeah, $30 Australian mm. yeah well and I put gun special that that was the Xbox price I'm assuming it's the probably common price across all the platforms but that's probably more on switch then it's probably like 45 I'll just check it quickly yeah and and because if it was like oh lost Vikings for like 15 bucks like I'd be willing to pick that up but 30 bucks is probably just a bit much so maybe when it mm. goes on special and you know this stuff generally these collections yeah this would definitely sale. go on special yeah it's $30 on the switch as well and I just I like that they've got the multiple versions they went to the extra effort uh, it's kind of like the Contra collections that Konami did recently in that um, so you've got the PC and SNES versions or the different versions mm. which is great for people that are purists or want to play the exact one that they remember that's great yeah, I think that's becoming a selling point in a lot of these games, like being able to switch modes to the old mm. mode. It's just like such a cool little marketing trick. They did also do like a, the it's almost like a little mini remastered version. I think of Rock and Roll Racing. I'm not sure if they did it for all of them. Um, so they actually put a little, they put quite a bit of work into this. Um, mm. So yeah, well, well done, Blizzard. They're just not arcade games in any way. Yeah, no, that that's the weirdest title. And uh, last thing from us just on BlizzCon is just around the news on Diablo 4. So they're uh, re-including the Rogue class and the trailer was so gruesome we couldn't even use it as B-roll. <laughs> it's actually, we don't want to get blocked. Yeah, like, reading yeah. up quite a bit about this actually, they've actually done some really cool stuff with the Rogue class. Um, I don't, I haven't read everything that Diablo 4 is doing, but it seems such... Like they're just expanding so much on Diablo three because they talk about like taking on different guild quests or something in that somehow can help shape the way your character plays as the rogue. So I'm like, mm. oh, that's really really cool. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward. To, I don't even know. We don't have a release date for this game or anything. No. So, so like it, in an earnings call earlier, it, they made it clear that Diablo four and Overwatch two won't release this year. Mm. So 2022 for both of them is the earliest that we know based on what they told investors and they don't muck around with that stuff. And if, it, you know, it's a huge issue if you say something incorrect to investors. And if Diablo 3 is anything to go by, Diablo 4 probably won't properly release until two years after the game's actually released because <laughs> they will remake it yeah. and redo it and redo it. Bunch of... Well, but just on that, so there is reporting, including from Jason Schreier, that Diablo 4 is going through a bit of development hell. So... Mm, damn it! I'm I'm just glad that the separation with Diablo Two Resurrected and Diablo Four. I think that would have been a huge mistake releasing them within within even a year window. I reckon. I, I just feel like, like tied together at all. Yeah, yeah. I just think that they can get a lot of airtime with Diablo Two. A lot of people have not played that game. You know, like yep. people aren't as old as us. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people who will play that game for the first time and it will become their favorite Diablo, and then you know build that hype up for Diablo Four. So oh, I wish they. Number one is the one that I actually really wanted a, a remake for. But <laughs> I don't know hey, if they'll ever do that. I think they I'll need to waiting. remake that. Like, not well, they had it on. There was a PlayStation version, which was really cool, and it was two. But that was a co-op. different version, from what I understand. Like they, I was coded that basically scratch. this. Yeah, but it was basically. I mean, mechanics were bas- the same. Classes sure. were the same. Yeah, items sure. were the same. Like it was the same game, really. But that worked really, really well, and it was it was awesome to play it 
mm. local couch co-op. Um, but with Diablo 4, I think what 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 I like is the direction of taking it in visually. It's more real, more gritty, and it's not that number three was necessarily cartoony, but it wasn't that far off Torchlight in terms of the look. Like, it was more of a, a, a slightly more realistic version of Torch, Torchlight in that mm. sense. Okay, it was way more realistic than Torchlight, if you really wanted to to put it that way, but I still felt like it was a little... Um, a little cartoony in some ways, just the art style. Great art style, very, very sort of, dare I say, unique. And it's funny because you guys were talking about before about Fortnite. To me, Diablo almost had like a Fortnite y appeal to it in the sense that it wasn't quite realistic, but it sort of had realistic looking kind of characters with funny things on them. Diablo, of course, was a lot more realistic than that, but it still had that that sort of um, almost watercolory. I don't even know how you describe that art style. It's a specific art style that mm. was cool. It's just that I think for a game like Diablo, realism to me is more more suited. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it actually. And overall, it seemed like BlizzCon, you know, pretty well received by everyone. I haven't really heard many people complain about it. You know, they've had a lot of gaffes in the past. Yeah, when they um, tried to release the mobile Diablo and people were like, give us the actual Diablo. Yeah, and that, or, that was, I think that's just bad PR and the way they manage that really rollout. PR, yeah. Because everything that people have said about that game, it's awesome. Diablo Immortals, like mm. the mobile game that's coming out um, very soon, actually. And that's also interesting that they didn't mention it. As far as I understand, yeah. Swinney, they didn't mention the mobile Diablo game uh, at all. Oh, I did see something about it, but I, we but was that should... was that with BlizzCon or is that like a separate PR announcement? I'm not sure. I just the highlights we chose are the ones that I thought were the more the ones we'd want to talk. Yeah, to more, so hmm. I might be wrong. Look, like I I kind of understood that they didn't. I oh, know it seems like they did talk about it a bit more. I'm actually looking forward to Diablo Immortal. I, I want to try it because I've heard really really good things about it. Um, good, yeah. The only the only thing, so you, you know, I'm not going to go back to that old chestnut. Um, when I think of Diablo One and Diablo Two, I have pretty fond memories of those games, um, and I think that's because they were predominantly single player games for me. Yeah. Other than Couch uh, Diablo One, and I played Diablo Two a little bit with some friends, but not not a hell of a lot. So they're predominantly just single player cool experiences, and I have pretty fond memories of them. Whereas with Diablo Three, I played that to death like mm. between multiple platforms i it's got to be at least a thousand hours into that game and i do not have have any fond memories of it just the grind when i think about diablo i just think grind 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 and it it it's weird it almost gives me ptsd thinking about that game in that <laughs> sense so so i think it's different now i think i can i can pick up diablo 4 and just focus on you know going through the story once um with one of the characters, maybe twice, just try a different character and stuff. But the whole online repetitive grindy, the whole tiered thing, the seasonal stuff, screw all of that. It's just insane. Like watching watching videos of what I used to do. So if I if I watch gameplay of of people playing those things now, which is exactly what I used to do back in the day, it's it's nuts. Like I look at it and I go, what the hell did I spend my time on? It's insane. So we'll see how Diablo 4 goes with that. Because yeah, it's a core part of the game when you, in that sense. You know, getting people to go back and do it over and over again is a core part of the mechanic. So. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, Swinney, uh, over to a game that you really, really enjoyed and some DLC coming out for it. Yeah, so this week, um, unfortunately timed 
Crosscode announced their DLC, which everyone's been waiting for. So Deck 13 and Radical Fish games are developers. Just before Nintendo hit uh, direct hits, they're like, oh, we need to get this news out there. That, hey, uh, the, a new home, the DLC is actually hitting PC uh, next week. So it's, I honestly, I'm so pumped for this. I was trying to think, what game did I like more than Crosscode that I've played in like the last three years? Three years, wow. And off the top of my head, I can't think of a game I liked more. Damn. No way, that good? No, no, he like? loved it when he was playing oh, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, wow, but the cool. thing is, I've that's also because I've probably been playing a lot more older games in the last few years as well, So I'm trying, to, mm. but I'm struggling to think. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a game I liked more. And yeah, so this picks up directly after the end of the main game, which they kind of hinted at when you complete the game that, hey, there's you know stuff coming, and they give you the option of... Option of doing New Game Plus or kind of just continuing on um, and, you know, waiting for the content, which is pretty cool. Mm. And the story centered around a, a cancelled raid, which was pivotal in the events of the game. And for anyone who doesn't know, CrossCode is set in an MMO world, but it's a single-player game. And that's not a that's not a new thing, you know, Dot .hack and other stuff kind of sought out online. They've done that stuff before. But it's just really, really great what, they, what they've done with the story and the setting in this game. And that raid is really, really important because it's... This, it's hard to describe to anyone that hasn't played it, but this game has a real heart to it. Like the characters, mm. they put the developers put so much love into these characters, and it's they've touted that this is going to continue the story of Lee, who's the main character. Mm. And you know, I, I can't. They they go into you know and, and other stuff that's a bit spoilery, but they've also said it's going to have the biggest dungeon in all of Crosscode. Now that's insane because the dungeons that are in the main game of Crosscode are gigantic. We're talking four or five times the size of the bigger Zelda dungeon kind of oh, sizes. Wow. Like okay. they're, they're massive long That's almost dungeons. too big for me. Yeah, same. Yeah, some people found they were long because there's, there's, so, <laughs> there's so many puzzles in them and they're so tough and everything. But I, I loved it. And so the fact that they're touting this is like the biggest dungeon. It's really cool because there's a part in the game where you walk up to this area and there's just people hanging out. That happens throughout the game, you know, just like people hanging out with avatars and MMO. But they're all hanging out in front of this big locked giant's like door, and people are like, oh, this is future content, you know, like we're just all waiting here for them to re- to release the new e- area. <laughs> and then in the trailer, they actually show everyone waiting as the door opens. So it's yeah, really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, they've also expanded Rhombus Square, which is kind of like a hub area, which is really cool with a little new beach area. And the new zone is called Azua Archipelago, and so it's coming out PC next week. For about uh, nine dollars US, uh, but it's coming out. It's coming out later in the year for consoles. So it's okay. because there's no cross-platform progression. We're mentioning that before in the other story. If there was cr- cross-platform progression, I'd probably do that to, and play it on PC. But my, mm. my save file is on on Xbox. So, hey, speaking of Xbox, what should I play this on Xbox? Because it's free on Game Pass, right? Yeah. Or what's it? Wait for Switch. It's on Switch. I know it's a switch, but it's not a special. This is so, this is a. The, is it worth the thirty bucks? Just pay the thirty bucks or play it for free. This would on be Xbox. great on Switch. I'm just thinking this. I don't think it'd be great on handheld because I'm just some of the menus like the fonts and stuff might be a bit small. Ah, but maybe they've done work there that I don't. But know I might about. not be able to see press L to continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe ah, they've geez. done work there, yeah, so may, maybe just look it up and say, "Hey, is the Switch version okay. of Crossbow good?" I'll it check probably it out, yeah, is yeah. great. Um, 
Because I'm willing to pay for it if it's a great game and I, and and you know the experience oh, you will of get, Switch. I'll pay the thirty you bucks. You will hundred percent get your money for free. You will hundred percent get your money's worth because it's also like there's so much content in the game. It's not a short game, but it's we might fantastic. as well try it on Xbox, right? And see if you no, I think to. I will try it on Xbox. Yeah, because that's my other worry. I I know I will probably enjoy it. It's just that if you're saying it's also a very long game, that actually really puts me off. And, so, and you do want to you know live to your motto of buying less games. That's try. Yeah, I'm playing on. the ones that I already have. Yeah. So it's a great game wherever you play. Okay. Uh, the, the other question I had is just because you touched up on the DLC thing, especially when a DLC comes out so long after the game came out. Um, I found that with a few games where where you, you play through the whole story, you get to the end of the game, and they they release a DLC. By which stage you either forgot the game and the controls yeah. and what the hell you're up to. Or you have to start the game all over again to get to the, the DLC. The issue with that is sometimes you just give up before you even get to the DLC because it takes too long. Um, or like the DLC somewhere in the middle of the game and you can access it sort of halfway through. So you're forced to basically start the game again. So this delayed DLC thing is a really weird one for me. I, I, I always struggle going back to a DLC. So I, I'll finish a game completely. Like, um, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, of a game that I would have done recently. Like, say, for example, Cyberpunk would be a really good example. You finish Cyberpunk, everything's done. I would struggle going back into the game six months later to do a have DLC Have you finished that it. game? I don't think you've said no, that. No, I haven't finished yet. Oh, no, okay. I haven't. But I'm saying, I'm saying that as an example. Mm. Um, th- there's, a few, there's a few games where I think you could because it's almost a standalone experience. But even then, like, you know, doing, doing some of the DLCs for The Witcher, um, because they're bound to a certain character level, you can continue an old save file and for all intents and purposes, hopefully remember the controls and remember all that stuff. And it can get a little complicated, especially if you play at a, at a certain difficulty where potions are important and there's there's other factors like that. So I always like, I don't know what to do with DLCs that come out so long after the game. Yeah, I, I'm, I the same, the game. I'm the same camp as you, Mike. I find that like if I just simply bucketed it into two buckets, you know, single player games and then multiplayer games and their variety of how they work. I think single player games with DLC, I always struggle to go back and I've yeah, bought DLC and I've gone, you know what? I've never actually played that DLC and I feel terrible. Yeah. Whereas multiplayer <laughs> games, there is something about, you know, you might pick it up every now and then anyway. So like with smash, I don't play that every day. It's not a game that I play in a big spurt at the start and then drop. It's a game that you can keep playing over time. So a new character comes, new DLC, it makes a lot of sense. It's like, oh, cool, like there's something new to do in the game. Because it's like, that is the game, just playing it on hmm. on loop almost. But I'm the same. I find it really hard, unless it's a game I really love, like Zelda. But even then, I haven't finished the, the DLC in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's like so, that, yeah. But what about you, Swinny? Because I know you do obviously play quite a lot of the DLCs from, from RPGs and stuff like that. Do you normally play it because you bought the Game of the Year edition? Or do you ever go back when a DLC gets released like this. I mean, I did it the other week with Outer Worlds. Yeah, no, he plays DLC, but he he's compelled he with the, with yeah. the uh, achievements. <laughs> with the achievements, so it makes no difference. He'll do whatever it takes he has to, to, he has to, to get to. those DLCs down just to make sure the points <laughs> but, are there. I mean, an example where, you know, it, it did struggle a bit. So Borderlands 2 got a 
a DLC release when they announced Borderlands 3, like years and years after Borderlands 2 wow. had come out. And I haven't gone back to that. Oh, sorry, I loaded the game up and I'm like, where the hell am I? What is my character? What what skills have I got? And where I the kind of. hell are you? And I was just like, oh, but I'll come back to it later and I've, I've still got to go back to it. So there are times when I think, but that was an extreme circumstance. That was like five years or four years after the game came out. So that was ridiculous. But mm. normally I'm fine with it, but I do tend, yeah, generally tend to play games very late. So all the DLCs are already there. Which make it almost makes you want to wait, but you can't wait for some games. So I think Dark Souls Three is 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 an interesting example. I I finished one of the DLCs, but the second one, which I think we started together, Swinney, I never finished that one because it came out much later than when I had already gone through the entire game with my character, and I didn't want to do it in New Game Plus. I kind of had to start a new character, and then by the time we get to it, it's just a pain in the butt. But we were in the middle of playing it; we just stopped. We kind of just stopped. So it. we were playing it. So we can still play it. Uh, All right, let's, wait, I think we need to move on. It's let's along. move on because well, like, I, I, just I have say, a lot of other questions about yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I just say on this cross code, there's a concept in media called taking out the trash. Hmm. So the idea is like late on a Friday night when all the reporters are asleep or a huge news story breaks and you've got something really bad that your company's done, you put the <laughs> press release out, and because of the, just the way media works, there's only so many eyeballs and so much attention mm. that you take out the trash by throwing it out there where, like, there's a crazy news story. And, you know, people did this with 9-11. Like, they announced things that their company did that were terrible, but they knew one wasn't going to get covered. Mm. I feel like CrossCode and the devs behind CrossCode, they've taken out the trash of their own DLC by releasing the press release, once they saw that the direct was happening, I like genuinely, apart from you, Swinney, saw no one talking about CrossCode DLC, whereas a lot of people were talking about CrossCode. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, it makes got, no sense what they did. Got like, absolutely sorry, buried. It makes absolutely zero buried. sense. And they literally took the trash out on their own game. It's so dumb. I think that they, yeah, like, I'm not in PR. I think they could have released this after the direct and gotten much more coverage. So dropping yeah. it before, I think, was a worse decision. So for, forgive my ignorance. Did we already know it was coming or was it that was the announcement of it? We knew a DLC was coming, but we didn't yeah. know what, when, really anything. So Honestly, like I think like they made a huge error here. And I think given what you just said, it would have made way more sense to do a shadow drop or like a, hey, this is coming out tomorrow. Something like that, you know what I mean? Where people would have went, whoa, look at this. Like, check this out. And it would have got more buzz. I will say this is a very, this is a niche game though. And the community is, like, it has a huge community. So it's, I, I don't think this is the kind of thing that would have ever probably appealed to the mainstream anyway. But I agree that the way they did it, I don't think did them any favors in any way. Um, yeah. But I think that, yeah, this is this is very much for the fans, this stuff. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. All right, we're running long. So the next story is just around xCloud. So we've got a bit of an update around xCloud that they've actually got it working on iOS and the web. But mostly like the whole idea here is uh, as a response to Apple's very ag- arrogant position that they, they want to approve every single game that goes on xCloud individually even though they do not approve every single movie that goes on Netflix or they do not approve every single album that goes on uh, Spotify. But for some reason, it's funny that, you know, they make a lot of money with games, Apple, and they somehow don't want our xCloud to be available on Apple devices. So I think very smartly Microsoft said F you and 
we're going to figure out a way to get it on there, even if you don't want it on there. So they've actually already got it working. So very much similar to uh, what Stadia does with running through the browser. So this is working on Chromium browsers. Uh, so that's Chrome, but also Edge, Microsoft Edge, which is a replacement for Internet Explorer, uh, moved to basically the same platform as as Google Chrome now. So it uses Chromium. And I'm excited about this because I only have the PC version of, of uh, Game Pass because I don't have an Xbox One or a Series X. So I am limited to the PC games on Game Pass. And it does piss me off sometimes when I see games are on the console and cloud. But because it's a cloud now, and I, I, theoretically, then I'd be able to use this when they release it, whenever that's going to be. Hmm. Yeah, I think this is... This is great for everyone, you know, great to finally have um, a way to eventually play this on, on iOS, um, but not you into God, or at least not for a while. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, okay, so I'm still pissed. <laughs> Stuff you, Microsoft, like you're banned from the show, Microsoft PR in Australia. Um, yeah, I still do not have access to the beta version of xCloud. I can't it's believe, have super you, annoying. can you reapply or is it like you're applied for it and that's done? I think I went back and applied for it. You know how I had my Xbox account from way back in the day, like Xbox 360. I actually then applied on that account and I still didn't get it because I thought it was just a, yeah, okay, this account's relatively new. So maybe that's why it makes sense. I wonder, maybe we mentioned before, but I wonder if they look into the amount of money that that account spends as well. Yeah. Or maybe just playtime even because I don't play on those accounts that much. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It annoys me because I really do want to test it. Um, so, yeah, I literally got an Android device just to test it. And then I never got onto the thing. Well, so... you'll get to test it when they uh, they release it. I can't remember <laughs> when they're releasing the full thing. but uh... Yeah, I don't think they've announced it because this is all coming from uh, The Verge. So Tom Warren, I think. Uh, we don't have it in the notes, but I think it's Tom Warren from The Verge. So he's got a pretty good inside line to Microsoft. So. Yeah, and they, it looks like they want to integrate it in, as part of like the whole app experience on Windows 10, which would be really interesting. And a very quick side note is that um, I mentioned quite a few episodes ago about the new Xbox mobile app being a piece of crap and stripping out a lot of the features. And yeah, which is unreal. Yeah, apparently they've stated they're going to add a lot of those back in. So thank God for that. The fact that you couldn't uh, even purchase a game through it, the fact that you couldn't even look up achievements through it. You, achievements didn't exist according to this app. So... Uh, good that they're doing that work. Mm. And our last bit of news. So, sorry, can I just quickly can I just quickly say something about about that point? Uh, when did we talk about originally talk about X Cloud and you not being on it? It was like last year, I think. It was a while ago, yeah. I because I I don't check my my email associated to my Xbox account all that much. Back on the twelfth of December. Yeah. I got an email saying, welcome to Project X Cloud. Yeah, no, you said that after the show. You got that. But email. that was a joke. No, no, as in like it was a joke that I was accepted, but it actually was accepted. Oh, I, okay. But I assume you'd get on because you've got like a pretty like, you've spent I know, a billion I dollars on there and everything like that. So. It's funny. I totally forgot about that shit. But Mike, you, right, Mike, you need to give your credentials to Intergon. Yeah. And plus, mm. like, we're already into the next sure. segment. Uh, so people are going to be really confused <laughs> like, right now. What? <laughs> uh, so Activision expands its Aussie studio. So there's a ramp. Like, this is good news for the Australian gaming industry. So in Melbourne, where you boys are based and where I was from originally, uh, uh-huh. Activision is going to be expanding the studio down there. This comes from the Australian Financial Review, AFR. 
And they're moving from six staff to 120 staff by the end of the year. So if you're a game dev out there or anything involving game dev, I'd be definitely uh, looking this up and trying to get a spot here. So this comes off. Yeah. Do you uh, you guys want to work on Call of Duty and all sorts of other amazing IPs? I don't know why you're saying that. I think Call of Duty is pretty good. If you're a game developer, you'd want to work on Call of Duty. I know it's like that's <laughs> would you though? Honestly, as if you CV, like, would you? Would, would you like want to work for the, what for like a proper corporate job? Where okay. can I just uh, say, Mike? Please, we need yes. to have a tier, tier list of dumb shit you say. Like, like what? that might be right, right up there in S tier. It's like go. You go. Oh, I'm I'm like in the movie industry. Oh, would you want to work on the Marvel movies? Would you want to work on the next? No, Iron but there's Man? a lot of people who it's wouldn't like, want uh, to. There's yeah. a lot of people. There's a lot of a lot of game um game developers who would not touch Activision and Call of Duty with a ten foot pole. Absolutely I, not. I, think you're talking about the vast minority of people i don't know am i indies are already indies they don't need to be qualified to be an indie you just need to start no but i think even within within like the proper the proper game community i think there's going to be a whole bunch of people who just don't want to work on those kind of games yeah i think think you're talking about youtube comments it's funny i say that now i say that now and you know I wouldn't be funny if in a couple of years now, even though I think I burnt that bridge. In a couple of years now, I go work for Activision in, in their Melbourne right. office. I'm struggling here. But I refuse to do I, it. Am I, crazy? I would not do it out of principle. I think Activision has some really shitty, shitty principles behind their company. I think it feels like the jobs that you would have there as a developer. And this is off the back of, of that thing I linked you guys about what happened with Bioware and and the writers and the fact that the whole company just turned into a corporation and the fun was lost. And I think Activision and the games they pump out are the pinnacle of that corporate way of doing games. And I, for one, I'm burning that bridge right now, would never want to go work for Activision. So, Well, I, I don't think you have a risk of that even being a possibility. But Well, no, it could have been a possibility. I think, you know, the skill set that I have, whilst it may not be directly in the gaming industry is very transferable into the gaming industry for a company like Activision. Well, but I, think I would just refuse to do it. If you are an Australian game developer... <laughs> it's an opportunity. Yeah, that's right. It's a good opportunity. It'll, be, it'll look awesome when you resume. If you are yeah. an Australian game developer, you want experience on AAA titles, you want experience in like what it's worked, like to work with publishers and things like that. Yeah. And you have no soul. And you don't, and you don't have anything's holding anything holding you back, like you know any like ethical concerns around the way that yeah. that works. Then, what better company to work for? Oh, look, I look, well, I, I agree might, with might, you. Might. you. I absolutely agree. With you. No, 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 I agree if, with you guys. I do, I do agree in that sense. Yeah. I'll say it like this: if you are in Melbourne and you want to be a game dev and you have an opportunity to work on Call of Duty, and you don't out of principle, you're a fucking idiot. Cause... Why? Why? It's not all about the money, man. It's not all about the money when it's it comes about the to money. It's certain the biggest, people's number one, life. Your values the, are more important. It's the biggest to a lot of game people. franchise in the world. Number but two. So what? So let, what? Let me, let me speak, man. Number two, you don't have to stay there for life. You can gain so much experience. Imagine you go work on Call of Duty yeah, and then that. you go somewhere else that you passionate about. If you about. can live Some, with yourself, yeah. Sometimes live with yourself. You're not killing people. It's People don't no, aren't you're forced just, to buy Call of Duty. Like, no, but you're choice. creating a game. You're creating a game that, that you know, a lo- I think quite a lot of people don't see it as a positive thing in the gaming industry. So... Yes, absolutely. Objectively, I think it makes perfect sense. You know, the money would be fantastic because you're talking about Activision. They've got a lot of money behind them. The experience would be good to work on a AAA title. 
So as long as ethics are not important to you, it's a fantastic. I, I have the biggest smile on my face right now because I know Why? I to think that this segment was going to go in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that. What, you didn't think that someone I, who's so passionately not into Activision and the games that they make and their their practices would possibly I'm put super, it in that direction? I'm super excited about this because it's building up the Australian video game industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, I'll give you that. I will give you that. I just, I would have been nice if it was a different company. But it's something, and I think it's good, and I think it will help the, you know, the local gaming Bring- industry. And I think... It will help local uh, developers. Bring EA, bring Take Two, bring as many big publishers in their studios in Australia as possible. I, I just like, I think that kind of attitude mm. is like a bourgeois like attitude where, like you yourself work at a corporate, a mega corp, and I hate it. And, and I think quit. people need no to. This well, is, I am okay, quitting. Okay. I am this quitting. Is, this is I hope no one listens to this so much. It's like, hang on. I am quitting. Quit I am now. quitting. Quit right now. Like what? Like all right. Let me just, just message my boss. Just as bad as like. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. It's so it's it's hypocritical. It's like I get it if you're a hippie. No, it's not a hi- well, not. it's not it's not hypocritical. Well, it's of it's, course it's, it's hypocritical. It's hypocritical in the sense. I that- mean, they're making games to have people have fun. Like you're not making games. You're like, you know, figuring out a way to drain from the economy, which is it's even like, worse. I agree. I agree. It's even that's worse. What I'm saying that you're saying to people don't go and I'm not join a studio. Like that is the worst fucking. I'm advice not you could saying ever don't join the studio. <laughs> you I just said that. Well, hang you on. Yes, that. but I agree with you that it makes perfect sense. And then you yourself you, work for at a you company to do that's it as long as you aren't like me. That aren't as long as that those people aren't like me, where they feel like they're wasting their life away working for a company that does things that they don't value if but that makes sense. But you're not forced to. This is the thing like we're not slaves. Well, I never Australia. said they're forced to. Again, again, I'll I'll repeat it for the clarity of everyone jumping in now. <laughs> I think it's a great opportunity. Money's going to be fantastic. All of that as long as you don't have any moral issues like I do against companies like Activision that I think have a lot of shitty practices whereby I myself would never go work for a company like that. Okay. But that's just me. But you and work I, at a worse I, company. You work at a worse company. So, so what if I work at a worse company? But I'm quitting that company. You just said so what's that the difference? You wouldn't work at a place like Activision, but you work at a company that's worse than Activision. Yes, but I'm I'm leaving that industry but you're because of what there. I just you're said. There. Yeah, because I need the money right now. Much the ah. same way Yeah, but what's the difference? What's so the you difference? Park it. You so park you're telling the me you, but that's no, but it's still it's I, I do park the ethics myself and I just told you People can go and do this and park their ethics if they if they think that the money right now is more important you or the said experience you is more important. You said important. you wouldn't. I personally wouldn't do it moving but forward. But you did. No. You are. What do you mean? I did in the, I did in the past gonna... because moving forward, uh, how hard is it for me to explain this? Moving forward, I will not make that kind of decision again. I will not quit, quit this tomorrow. job. Quit tomorrow. Can I just finish? I will not quit this job and then go work for a company like Activision is what I'm trying to say. Because I've gone through that experience where I've, I, I, I put more importance on what I value in life than the money that it gives me. And I've learned that lesson the hard way, I think. And again, awesome opportunity. I'm not denying that. I think it's fantastic. I think it's good because it's, it's, it brings local jobs. And you know, in previous episodes, I've been tooting all about bringing local jobs in the gaming industry to Australia. I just think from an ethical perspective, there's other companies to go work for. Unfortunately, there's just not a hell of a lot of gaming companies in Australia to work for. And that's the point. Other than these that's ones. That's the point. And that's what it comes down to. You're just going to have to just suck it up. If you have certain values, suck it up and just work for them. Get that experience, move somewhere else. So just to close off the details, 
So this news and from uh, you know that's come from the Australian Financial Review comes on the back of what had already been known about Sledgehammer Games essentially going on a hiring spree last year, even in the middle of lockdown, um, and essentially. Mm. From April on, was it going to be running out of that big new fancy office in South Melbourne? So, I know for a fact, just like dealing with overseas companies, there's a lot of confidence in Australia and New Zealand that, you know, like Europe and the US have, just given how we handled the pandemic. Mm. Like, it's one area where they're just looking at, like, if they can invest in that space, they are. Well, just look at Valve and New Zealand's likely probably going to start operations, more operations there because of. I imagine uh, Gabe Newell and everyone. So, well, yeah, he's based there. Yeah. He, they are exploring moving that. That, that to would, New I would, I would move to New Zealand because of that. If they open something up and there are positions available, that is a company I would move there for. I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> Given like some of the practices that Valve does, but like what? All right, moving into my favorite segment of the week. And the final segment of today's show, The Bargain Bin. The first time it's ever been the final segment. So Epic Game Store, <laughs> you can get Absolute Drift and Rage 2 for free. Rage 2 for free on uh, by the 26th of Feb. Uh, Nintendo Switch, there's a bunch of sales that went live. Mike's favorite Burnout Paradise Remastered is 50% off, so it's about 20 bucks until the 28th of Feb. Paradise Killer is $21 until the 28th of Feb. Inside was a fantastic game. $7.50, 28th of Feb. And Mario plus Rabbids, a game that I really, really love. I'd probably try to get the complete edition with the Donkey Kong DLC, but that's twenty two twenty. That does go on sale a lot um, until the 1st of uh, March. Wide Ocean Big Jacket, I have no idea. Is this something you added, Mike? Wide Ocean Big nope. Jacket? So I've heard really good things about it, and it's really okay. cheap. So yeah. $2.60 and Blasphemous, which is eighteen seventy five. That is definitely good. Totally worth PlayStation, it. PlayStation, digital sales, uh, 2064, read-only memories. I don't actually know that game. $6.60 or four ninety five for game. PS Great Plus game. subscribers. Uh, the Dwarfs, $8.25 until the 4th of March. And Tekken 7, which is perennially on sale, $7 until the 4th of March. And I'm I, I, I 100% sure this is something that Mike added, I, which we covered <laughs> last have. week, and we had it as the I main know, image. I'll need to remind people. Yes, remind people. Yes. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, well, I would like to remind people that Dark Souls 3 Deluxe Edition is 75% off. For twenty four ninety eight. you can enjoy the game in beautiful 60 FPS. Oh, my God, so much wow. If you're playing yeah. on PlayStation 5. If you're playing on PlayStation 5. <laughs> Four. 5. 5. 5. Yeah, I don't I think it's it was 60 PS4. FPS on Pro. No. Uh, I had it on... Sure? No, I'm pretty sure it's not. I like how you add something in. And you no, 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 I'm pretty sure. Look, hey, let me just double check it now, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, so that's a great game. Obviously, it's. I, I think a lot of people are like arguing whether that or Dark Souls. That's why I always hear the back and forth about which one's better. Yeah, and you know you're right. There's no 60 FPS on that. There isn't. And then, okay, Swinny, handing over to you for Xbox. Yeah, so some highlights of the Game Pass editions. Uh, so Code Vein is being added to PC Game Pass. It's available now. It's already on console. Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire Ultimate Edition on, uh, is being added to console Game Pass. That's available now. Wreckfest uh, is available on console PC Game Pass now. And Dirt 5, which I'm actually super excited to try. Ooh. Someone that's never into those games um, and wants a game to play on the Series X. <laughs> it's available <laughs> on console PC on the 25th of Feb. Uh, some removal ho- lowlights is lowlights. Uh, lowlights is Jackbox Party Pack Four is leaving on first of March, mm. and I don't know what's happened. Here. <laughs> it's probably Deku. 
That's so weird. Vampire's Cold Soul. I mentioned that game before I'm playing is leaving the 1st of March as well. Yeah, I, I just thought that that was a part of the name of it because I don't <laughs> even know what that game is. It's probably because of Deku Deals, which I think so. Which is a great website if anyone wants Switch deals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've gone long. Uh, let's wrap up the show. As always, reach out to us on Big Week Pod on Twitter. Uh, give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, if you follow us on Spotify, give us a follow. Uh, and if you're on Apple, give us a five-star review. And uh, put a comment in about Mike. Yeah. What do you think of Mike? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we made it, Let it, we made it through this episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For that, bye-bye. Remind him he's an idiot. Bye-bye. <laughs>